morning. This is the Jonathan Vernon Smith Show. I'm Ian Lee, standing in for JVS and on the big phone in today. I'm asking, is it time for the church to approve women bishops? Today, the Church of England begins the meeting which could see it taking a historic step towards creating women bishops. The law's taken five years of debate and compromise and looks set to be voted through until the bishops made a last-minute amendment. The altered clause says parishes which don't want a woman bishop can ask for a man who shares their beliefs in the reasons why women can't be church leaders. Father David Holding, who represents clergy with traditionalist views, says before the amendment there wasn't enough provision for them under the law, and he's welcomed it. We were not going to be allowed bishops that we could recognise really were truly bishops. And if you don't have bishops who really are bishops, you can't have ordinations. We were being denied a right to live in the Church of England. So this has got to be a better way forward. But Christina Reese, who's a lay member of Synod and a long-time campaigner for women bishops, says it's not an acceptable change to the law. The proposed measure the way it is now, it allows people who believe that women and men are equal to be discriminated against. And that's a, a sadness. It gives privileges in law to people who believe that God prefers men. So in a nutshell, there are the traditionalists who don't want women bishops because that's the way it's always been. And there are those who think it's time to move on and not let the church discriminate on the grounds of gender. So today I'm asking, is it time for the church to approve women bishops? Whatever your story, I would love to hear it today. Perhaps you agree that it's time for the church to change. You want to see women bishops because the church needs to show that it's progressive and inclusive. Maybe you don't agree with the idea of women bishops. You're a traditionalist and think that all powers of greater authority within the church should be taken by a man. They're already female vicars and that should be enough. Or perhaps you don't go to church and this is one of the reasons why. It's an institution that's stuck in the past. You don't understand why some people don't want women bishops when the very head of the Church of England is a woman, Queen Elizabeth II. So today I'm asking, is it time for the church to approve women bishops? The JVS Show. Share your view. Make your point. Call 08459 455 555. That's 08459 455 555. The JVS Show. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is one of those things that I think even if you're not religious, you're going to have a view on because uh, maybe people outside of the church... Uh, watching this with disbelief and scratching their heads and wondering how in 2012 we can even be having this discussion. Surely, with equality laws and women's rights and everything, surely it's obvious that women should be allowed to become bishops. But maybe you're within the church and you, you are a traditionalist and you think, well, actually, do you know what? This is the way it's always been. And this is the way it should stay. Uh, this is going to be a fascinating hour, and if you want to take part, do give us a call, because the phones will be very busy on this. 08459 455 555. We've got the Reverend Canon Rosie Harper, who's the Rector of Great Missenden in Buckinghamshire. Good morning, Rosie. Oh, where are you? You're there. Hello, Rosie. Can you hear me? Oh, hang on. Do you know what I need to do? I need to press a little button here, and I need to send that. And uh, No, oh, I can't do that. Ben, I can't seem to set up the lines on my studio here, though, because I've... Uh, there we go. That's it. Rosie, you should be there now. I am indeed. Apologies for that. Uh, now, you're off to take part in this debate and this vote today, aren't you? 
I am. I'm bracing myself for a lot of Noah jokes because it's going to be flooding apparently in York. It could be exciting at all sorts of levels. Do can I can I ask a question? Do do vicars and reverends make jokes about the Bible and things? Well, that's a very interesting question. Most of our sensible guys do, but there are one or two who might get a bit jumpy about it. Really? Yeah. Good, 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 good for you. Well done. Uh, I know you've got to catch a train, so I, I shan't keep you for too long. I'm assuming uh, that you are pro-women becoming bishops. Oh, I'm hugely pro. Uh, the, the time is long past and we can, you know, mess about with this. I think we need to get on with it. Why has it taken so long for, for this even to become a votable subject? taken so long because Christians are very, very afraid of any sort of conflict, and the Church of England is notoriously bad at making up its mind about anything. Mm. And I, I've got a sort of sneaking feeling we might still be stuck in that position by the end of this synod. Do you, do you think that this, this vote isn't going to go through because of the, the, the change, the, the clause that says that some parishes can opt out if they want? There's always been that clause saying right. that some parishes can opt out, but it's been refined such that you can opt out in all sorts of complicated and, and uh, differing ways, and it's just felt like a step too far, and really a bit too much of an insult to women. Well, so what, what is the specific change that's been made that's, that's causing so much offence? Well, in the past, the idea has just been that if you can't hack a woman being your boss, then you can opt to have a man. But the change has been made that not only do you have to have a ma- can you ask to have a man, but you can ask to have a man who is pure and has never actually ordained a woman, um, and it's kind of creepy and weird. Uh, th- I- I'm slightly shocked by that. So a man who's never ordained a woman is classed as pure? That's right. There are people who find that even having a man instead of a woman is not sufficient. It needs to be a man who's never done the sort of, um, you know, special hands bit over a woman, because then he would be in some way tainted. What is the objection? Is there... Uh, listen, uh, it's been a long time since I read the Bible. I, know, I used to know all the books of the New Testament in order, but I don't now, I'm afraid to say. Is there a passage in the Bible that says, thou shalt not have a woman bush- bishop? No, of course there isn't. What there is in the Bible is a huge amount about justice and equality and about not discriminating against people. You know, it's full of good stuff which makes this a no-brainer for the majority of Christians. But there is a small number of people, about 7%, who either think women should never be the boss of a man because that's the way God created the world, or who think that Jesus only chose men and therefore that was there for perpetuity and don't realise that that was obviously a cultural thing 2,000 years ago. I, I, I think that's a problem that a lot of people have with the church, is that it does seem to be stuck 2,000 years in the past. You know, it, it is 2012. Women are equal pretty much. There's still a few places that, that, that it could be bettered. But it just seems such an old-fashioned concept. Not only is it an old-fashioned concept, but I think it undermines our ability to talk seriously about other issues mm. of justice and equality. We need to talk about poverty, the use of money support for the most vulnerable, we need to get our act together as far as accepting gay people are concerned, but we don't really have any integrity when we're treating people within our own church in a discriminatory way. Reverend, I shall let you go and get your train. Thank you very much for sparing us a few minutes, and uh, I hope it's not too wet up there for you, and I hope it goes well. Thanks so much. Thanks Thanks very much. That's the Reverend Canon Rosie Harper, who is the rector of Great Missenden in Buckinghamshire. What did you think listening to that? I was uh, uh, shocked by the pure line... That, that, that some people can object, not just having a man, they want a man that's pure. If anyone could explain that to me, I, I'm not a, a particularly a, a churchgoer. I go occasionally, not because I'm religious, but because I kind of like it. I like the, the tradition of it. And I, I'm, I'm a traditionalist as opposed to, to uh, someone who's religious. I like the songs and I like the, the stories and I think it's, 
it, it, it's an experience to go to. But the few times I have been to church recently, they've been empty. You know, there has been hardly anybody there apart from a few old women, a couple of families, and that's it. And is this one of the reasons, do you think, that the church is so empty on a Sunday? Because people view it as old-fashioned and as just out of step with the times. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Uh, Kelly is in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Kelly. Hello. You saw a few old women in church. You put that so nicely. Well, uh, th- I did, you know, and uh, th- th- were, that was basically the audience. Yeah. The congregation, I believe, is the, the appropriate word. Uh, I know what you're saying. I'm pretty much like you. You know, I, I like to think of the church as a good place, you know, and sometimes you go there for weddings and whatever. Yeah. But I think that more women should be allowed into the church because I think all right, you get the odd man who, who you can sort of speak to, but women, they've got, they've got more understanding of what's going on, do you know what I mean? They've got more sympathy for you. But it's been going on so long, it's a man-only job, you know what? I don't think women's going to find it very easy to get in. Well, there are w- w- female reverends already. Not many. Not many. Why do you think that women have uh, more empathy and more, more understanding than men? Uh, I don't know. It's just one of them things, isn't it? Women can sort of... I don't know. I find it easier if I've got a problem to talk to a woman, and I'm a woman. Yeah. And my friend, who's a bloke, he was on about this yesterday. You know, he went to the doctors, and he found it easier to talk to the woman doctor than he did the man doctor who he saw a few days before. Really? Yeah. Oh, I would find... If I had a gentleman's problem, I would find it easier to talk to a man than a woman. It wasn't a gentleman's problem. Okay. Right. But also, can I just say, um, I do believe there's something, but as for the church being... In God's house, if it is God's house and lightning is an act of God, why did he have a lightning instructor on that house? Why would he strike his own house? It's not a point that I'd um, particularly wondered about, Kelly, but I think that's maybe just a sensible thing to do. Maybe God isn't in charge of the lightning. I don't quite know how that works. <laughs> but you would feel more comfortable if the church allowed uh, women bishops to, to take part. I think it's like any job. If you're capable of doing it, why not? And, of course, women are capable of doing that job, so there should be as many women, if not more, than men. And do you think that this is what's keeping people away, the fact that it, it, it does have such an old-fashioned it view? Is, it's just old fogey carryings on, isn't it? You know, they, they need to umph it up a bit, if that's the right word. You the, know, get some women in there, get it, drag it into this century. They need to do what to it a little bit? Umph it up. <laughs> you know, sort of bring it up to this sort of century. It's too old-fashioned. Kelly, thanks very much for your call. 08459 455 555. Some churches do that, don't they? They try and make churches a little bit modern, and you'll get a vicar dressed as a clown. I hate all of that. If, if I go into a church and I see an acoustic guitar, I'm kind of out of there. It doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. It's, it's, it, it doesn't really work. But uh, surely... Female bishops, I'm, I'm struggling to get my head around this, why this would be a problem. I'd really love to hear from you. If you're sat at home fuming, going, well, of course there shouldn't be female bishops. It's a ridiculous idea. Because I, I would love to find out. I won't give you a hard time. I'm just keen to find out why it's a problem for you, whether it's, uh, it's the tradition uh, of it or whether it's something that you've read in the Bible or you think you've read in the Bible. The reverend we had on at the start said that there was nothing about it in the Bible. It's just the way it's been. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. This is Ian Lee filling in for JVS. You can uh, email uh, as well, of course, uh, jvsshow@bbc.co.uk, or you can send us a text eight one three double three. If you start your texts three CR, then they'll come to the right place. Uh, we've got um, a message from Ursula. 
I'm afraid the church lost me as a customer when they started to campaign against women priests all those years ago. Come on, folks. How can having a willy ooh, be the grounds for deciding whether or not someone is good at pastoral care? The first people jo- Jesus told of his resurrection were women. Yet the church prevents women from holding positions of authority. If they're basing the decision on the Bible, then that book is full of contradictions. It depends how you read it. Now, I got married in a church... Uh, and we had a female priest. I never know the right term, priest, vicar, reverend, so I'll, I'll, I'll be vague and say, let's say a female vicar. And I must admit, when I found out it was going to be a female vicar, part of me went, ooh, ooh. And I don't know why, because it, she did a fantastic job, Mary, and she was wonderful, and I'm glad it was her because she made the day really special, and we've seen her a few times since, and we've shown our kids to her, and, <clears throat> you know, it, 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 she was superb. Couldn't have done it any better. But there was part of me that went, oh, that doesn't feel right. It went really, really quickly. It went almost immediately, but there was just that little part of me. And maybe that's what's happening to regular churchgoers, but on a more prolonged scale, that they've got this kind of inbuilt resistance to it. Oh, wait, 459. 455. 555 is the telephone number. Uh, Alan's in Aylesbury. Good morning, Alan. Morning. What do you make of this? Oh, well, I think that, you know, if anyone that looks at the Bible, or even people that vaguely know the Bible, realise that the Bible goes on about how God sees us all as equal. Mm. And I think it's a slap in the face, really, that basically you can have a church filled with the most intelligent women from all around the world, and the local guy can walk in who could be a simpleton, and he's in charge. Mm. And I don't think it's a coincidence that males wrote the Bible. So, are you kind of saying that it's a sexist religion from the very core? I think it's pandemic to all the problems that we have, even in wage parity these days. Yeah. Uh, you know, women are treated as lesser than men. And it's wrong. Uh, you know, we all have a mother. We all have a... Well, we don't all have a sister, but some of us have sisters, aunts, and all the rest of it. We've all got women in our lives. You know, we should... We should we, I believe that we treat them, or the majority of us, treat them as equally as we do with the males in our lives. So why doesn't the church? Do you think that this uh, kind of blinkered, old-fashioned view, as some people would, would see it, is the reason that the church is struggling? Uh, certainly one of them, yes, definitely. The, the church is quite archaic in that way, and they can't, they can't, I don't believe they can keep defending this, because it's, you know, as time progresses, as you said earlier, we've got more women priests, more women ministers, etc. So, you know, times are changing, but very, very slowly. There's been this recently, there's been the controversy about um, the, the church accepting gay marriage. Is it would seem that the church is really out of step with the 21st century. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, it's, it's quite rigid in its ways. And, you know, in today's world, we need to be flexible to things. Mm. And, I mean, Jesus himself taught that w- people should be flexible. You know, that was the whole point of Jesus coming, to make people consider things in a different way. And yet... You know, I mean, I know that it was said earlier about Jesus had only picked male apostles. He probably did that because of the way the society was structured. They couldn't come in and just change everything overnight. Mm. It took time. But he did speak about equality. Mm. And, you know, consider new ways. And what, what God's message was, which was to love everyone and see everyone as equal. 
How I would love to, to speak to um, some some women about this. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five, because it it must be. I can't, you know, listen, I'm a white, middle-class male, so very, very rarely am I prejudiced in any kind of way. Uh, and I, I'd be interested to, to know what it feels like as a woman to experience this prejudice, this, this obvious prejudice in 2012. Well, well that's, it's a form of sexism, isn't it? You know, you, you can come into the church, you can contribute to the church financially, you can give your time to the church, mm. you can even help pastoral to degree church members but you can't be a leader of the church it's ridiculous uh we've got uh, we've got uh, a couple of emails coming in and do do send these in uh email uh, your vicar was wrong in uh, 1 Timothy uh, in, in 1 Timothy 2 verse 12 St Paul says but I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man this is the main scriptural authority for the anti women priest brigade in another letter St Paul says in Christ there is no man nor woman Jew or Greek slave or master Hence the contradictions. I don't know what that last one was. It going to do with Greeks. Uh, the, the thing is with the Bible, um, Alan, is that you can make it say whatever you want, can't you? Absolutely, but equality means one thing, yeah. which is that we're all equal. So that's the one thing. You know, they can they can take one passage and another. I mean, there's a passage that says, I can't remember offhand exactly what it is, let a weak man take up a woman, you know? But it does speak more about equality than the divide in terms of who should lead the churches. Alan, thank you very much. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. Getting a lot of emails today, which is nice. Uh, you can email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. Uh, Sharon uh, says, read women bishops. If our Lord wanted to have women br- uh, priests or bishops, he would certainly have made Mary Magdalene one, taking into account that she was a very close follower of Jesus. In the Catholic Church... The priest acts as persona Christi. It would be difficult for a woman to perform that role. As a woman trying to practice my faith, I don't feel any less a woman or feel I have less rights as being a follower of Christ means having humility and putting God first. Thy will be done, not mine. That's our first woman to be against it. Would love to hear from you on the phone. 08459 455 555 if you're a woman and you're against it. Uh, it, it it's the, the thing with the Bible, and I do struggle with this. It's a great book. It's a cracking read, isn't it? It's got some brilliant stories in it. Not necessarily sure it's, it's all true, but it's got some cracking stories in it. Uh, but you can, if you're using that as an instruction book, you can make it say anything you want. Uh, and there are so many interpretations of what one l- phrase might mean, uh, and it, someone could interpret it as something different. So to take the Bible literally as the word of God, when we know it was written by, by man, like quite a bit later, but to take it literally as the word of God, that can be kind of quite a dangerous thing, can't it? That can get you into a little bit of trouble. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Is it time for the church to approve... Uh, women bishops. Let's go to um, Mark in Hertfordshire. Good morning, Mark. Hi. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you, Mark. What's your take on this? Um, I don't actually uh, agree with women priests or bishops. Okay. uh, Personally. Um, Now, that doesn't mean I don't agree with women in ministry. I think there's two... Clear this up for me. What's what's the difference between ministry and and priesthood? Um, I I believe that women have a great ministry to give the church. What do you mean by ministry? Sorry, I'm being, well, I'm being mini- stupid. Ministry as in uh, helping people understand the Bible. Right. Um, I, I, I think that actually women can teach the Bible. Right. But I think 
uh, that God has given a headship to man. Now, I don't want to sound sexist here, because I am not. You do a little bit, to be frank. Well, yes, but that's because I know... um, More than me. (laughs) No. No, I don't know more than you at all. Um, Where do you get this from, that God has has decided that that, that women can't be priests and and vicars? The the 1 Timothy passage that you said before is is one of those. But also in Hebrews, uh, God says that... Well, sorry, the Bible says... uh, that man is the head of the house as Christ is head of the church. Now, if you think of the church as a family unit, yeah. then surely the head of that family should be a man. But man isn't head of the house. Do you mean literally head of the house as well, like at home? Well, yeah, actually. Man is head of the house at home? Yeah. What's your connection with the church, if I can um, ask? I, I currently um, I, I work within a church. As what? Um, I, I don't want to say because my church does not hold the same views as I do. Um, okay. Are you? Uh, can, I, can I ask if are I'm you a priest? For, are you a vicar? I'm, I'm going forward for ordination. I'm, I'm starting training in September. And that would make you a priest. Yes. Okay. Uh, and yet, many people would say that your views are kind of not particularly. Um, uh, let me phrase this: not particularly loving or generous, and well, maybe slightly old-fashioned. Well, y- y- you can say that they're old-fashioned, and uh, in-, in some ways, I-, I would agree with you. But it's with me personally; I, I have this inner battle. You know, what, what what do I do with this? Do I do I do I go down uh, my my reasoning without? without the church and without the bible or do i go down the the path of my my soul my my inner conscience where bible is king Mm. so on one hand i go well yes of course women can be bishops i mean i know some wonderful fantastic women priests and i've worked with one and and she was a fantastic priest but you don't agree with it no sadly not did you tell her you didn't agree with it yeah what did you say well, we, we, we spoke over a discussion. I, I, I said, I don't agree with women priests. Uh, how did she respond to that? Um, well, I th- she knew where my theology was anyway, so she kind of knew what I was going to say anyway. And uh, uh, you, you said, um, sorry, this, I'm finding this fascinating, because you said that, um, and I don't mean to name your church or, or your area or anything like yeah. that, but you said that these are your views and that your church doesn't agree with them. No. What? How can you... I mean, my, wi- my own wife doesn't agree with me, you know. Is she head of the house at home? <laughs> uh, if she... Well, she lets me say I am, you know, that yeah. whole story. <laughs> so she kind of tolerates you, but really she's in charge. Well, I think wh- when it comes down to head of the house, what, what I think the Bible means by that is that at the end of the day, there's a decision, if there's a decision that needs to be made, then... Uh, someone's got to make it. You know? Well, no, no, someone doesn't have to make it. You can. If there's a decision well, that needs no, to be made at home with my, my wife, wife, we my, talk my, about it. My wife and I discuss it. You know, so we, we were discussing uh, recently, where are we going to move? Yes. Um, because, obviously, I'm moving to go for training. Yeah. Um, and, and we looked at several colleges, and we, and we discussed which ones, and, and it was a tie break. But at the end of the day, someone had to make the decision. You had the casting college. vote. Yeah. And and when I make that casting vote, yeah. I'm not being selfish with that. It, many people would argue that you are. No, 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 because what... But you, you think you know be- what's best for your wife? Well, it's not what I think I know what's best for my wife. It's, am I being sacrificial? So, am I sacrificing myself for my wife? I would sacrifice myself for my wife, with, and, with and, a moment's and, hesitation. Yes, exactly, and so would I. 
So it, it's not. It, I didn't choose. Don't mean literally, of course. Not <laughs> <laughs> do that. Not that bothered. Uh, Mark, listen, I, I've got to go to the travel news. Can you stick around for a couple of minutes? Because I'm finding this conversation fascinating. That's fine. Is that okay? Fantastic. Uh, today we're asking: uh, Is it time for the church to approve women bishops? We've got Mark, who uh, is going to become ordained, and he is against women bishops and against women being the head of the house. It's absolutely fascinating. If you want to take part, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Time now to get the latest travel news on FM AM and online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties bbc three counties radio this saturday the olympic torch finally gets to the three counties and as it makes its way from waltham cross to hartford we're going to be there the torch also visits Ware and bishop stortford and we'll be following it we'll also be bringing you the sights and sounds from the luton international mellor we are your olympic station BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning! It's the JVS show. I'm Ian Lee, standing in for Jonathan Vernon-Smith. He's back on Monday, and I take over breakfast for a few weeks. And after 11, I'm going to be looking at your consumer problems and going back to Edith. Now, Edith purchased a fridge-freezer in 2009. She told us that a power cut in February uh, uh, and another last month caused some problems. We had a surge in electric, and it went off, and it didn't come back on. It just loses its, its memory, like. And it won't come back on until you unplug it, plug That's it back it. in, and then turn the power back on. That's it. Well, Edith said that she'd uh, written to the manufacturer. She thought there must be some kind of fault. She's been told by the company that as the fridge freezer is over 12 months old, there is a charge of £104. What's happened? Well, we'll find out later on. And after 10... This is going to be great. I'm asking, do people write you off just because you're old? Joining me in the studio will be Frank, who is 87 and from Beds. He took me to task on Monday because he thought I'd said people his age shouldn't be driving. Well, he put me right, even though didn't exactly say that. He needs to listen a bit more. I'll be having a longer chat with Frank and asking, do people write you off just because you're old? It's, uh, you'll hear more of that after 10. But back to the big phone in this morning. Today, the Church of England begins the meeting which could see it taking a historic step and creating women bishops. The law has taken five years of debate and compromise and it looked set to be voted through until the bishops made a last-minute amendment. The altar clause says parishes which don't want a woman bishop can ask for a man who shares their beliefs in the reasons why women can't be church leaders. And because of that clause, there's a chance the law may get voted out. Well, I want to know what you think about this. Is this an example of the church needing to take its foot out of the past? Or as far as you're concerned, should it stay exactly as it's always been? Is it time for the church to approve women bishops? The phone number... 08459 455 555. And we're speaking to Mark um, in Hutt who is uh, about to be ordained um, as a, a vicar of... Hello? Hello. Hello, Hello Mark. I'm about to be ordained. I'm about to go to training for ordaining. How long does the training take? Three years. Three years? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Mark is um, uh, dead against not only women bishops, but women priests. And Mark also thinks that men should be the head of the household. And we were talking before um, we went to the break about how you and your wife were deciding where you should live and which college you should go to. Yeah. It was a dead heat. Yeah. You got the deciding vote. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, and, and that vote wasn't just uh, because I'm the man. It was also to do with the fact that I'm training. I'm the one who's going to Okay, that, that, that's fine. Is there a decision... Can you think of an example of a decision in your household where you have made the decision because you are the man? Um, I, I think... Well, there's not been many major decisions that we had to make. Right. Uh, I mean, so we're, we're two years into marriage. Okay. So w- those decisions haven't come around, but I'm sure there will be. But I'm also sure that there's going to be decisions 
that I'm going to go, okay, you need to make this decision. So you would give her permission to make the decision? Yeah. Okay, well, that's fair enough. Uh, isn't the thing, um, though, in a marriage, it's about compromise, isn't it? It that's, is. That's what it is. You're sharing your life with someone else. Exactly. Uh, and and, and the, the, the headship thing, it isn't about taking control. You know, it's about being in charge. It's, it's not about being in charge. It, it's about, it's about um, trying to, to, to create that compromise in a loving way and in a godly fashion. Do you think that men make better decisions than women? Oh, no. So then why shouldn't women make the decisions in both the, the house and the church? Well, I, I think, you know, that women do make decisions. Women are on the PCC. What's the uh, PCC? The PCC is the kind of the church council. Of each, each individual parish will have yeah. uh, a church council which will make decisions, and women should be on those. But aren't those decisions, w- w- without being, well, being slightly patronising, it's, it's kind of just when to have the next jumble sale and... Well, no, it's to do with the finance of the church. Right. It's to do with if they appoint uh, new staff members. It's so still, it's still kind of trivial stuff compared to standing out in front of the church and addressing the congregation and giving a sermon and, and, and spreading the word of God? Well, it, I, I, none of the stuff that the church does is trivial. Can I, can I say that? that if, if the church works in the community, if the church works in the schools, if the church does a jumble sale, none of that is trivial. Um, I, I speak, I, no, no, of course not, but in comparison to no, delivering the word of God, surely... No. No. Really? Because it is delivering the word of God. You, you need to ask yourself, what, what is delivering the word of God? And do actions speak louder than words? Selling old clothes? Well, not selling old clothes, but giving soup to people who need it. Yeah. No, Going that's... into the prison to people who, who need to see a friendly face. Yeah. In fairness, I didn't mention those. I, was, I, did, I did mention the jungle side. But I, I was married by a female um, yeah. priest. What's yeah. your view on that? She shouldn't have been allowed to do it. Well... Um, my, my view is that a woman shouldn't be a priest, but um, knowing that there are women priests, I, I would respect those women priests and treat them uh, with, with the authority that does, they... Does the fact that my marriage was, was performed by a female priest, does that weaken no. the marriage? No. Does it weaken it in the eyes of God? No. Then if it doesn't weaken it in the eyes of God, I don't see what the problem is. Well, the, the problem is that isn't, it isn't the problem that there's a woman priest per se yeah. it, the, the problem is is that uh it, it goes uh, against scripture and that's what people like me or who believe that it goes against scripture have but the problem with scripture is it can be quite vague isn't it spare, spare the rod spoil the child the people take that literally as meaning an actual rod when of course it it, it doesn't mean that does it the rod... exactly and and with, with the bible you've got to take it into you you've got to interpret the interpret it yourself now i come from a uh, from a background who did accept women priests and i haven't always said no women shouldn't be priests and in fact it was a woman who convinced me who took me through scripture to say women shouldn't be priests okay i'm just going back to if you're if you uh, if it goes against scripture that having yeah. female priests yeah it means you don't think the vicar should have done my marriage so well, that means you can't, you can't validate. If you take it to its logical conclusion, you can't validate what she's done. Well, <laughs> I, oh. I think what you have to validate is where the church has made its choice. Right, OK. Now, the, the church has made its choice by saying, yes, there will be women priests. Yeah. Um, 
and I fully accept that, and I'm willing to work with women priests. As I said before, I, I have worked with them. Um, if I, what I personally think may differ from that, yeah. but they are ordained, have been given that authority by the bishop. Uh-huh. Now, all I'm saying at this moment is, let's not take it any further. Let's go no further. If they did, if it did get passed, and uh, female bishops were allowed in. Would that be enough for you to possibly leave the church that you're in? And we don't know which one it is, but leave no. the church you're in and, and move to a, a church that was perhaps more traditionalist and shared your views? No, because every, every church has its problems. Okay. Um, and it's, it's what's the lesser evil, really? The lesser... Whoa, whoa! The well, lesser... Well, I, hang on, I, I, lay, I, female no, no, bishops no, no, is an no, evil? No, 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 no. I, I'm, using, I'm not using that as a... Sorry, that, I didn't mean lesser evil. I think we have to be very... I'm, I'm pulling you up on that because we have to be very careful yeah. about the language you use. Are, yeah, are, you, are you saying that the, the no, bishops no, is an evil? No, 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 not at all. It's, it's a phrase. It's, a, it's, it's, it's not what I meant at all. Okay. What is... Uh, what... what each church has different perspectives, and each one of those will have some some things that okay. I think are right and things that I think are wrong. Okay, okay. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. If you, I'm finding this fascinating, and, and Mark, I appreciate you staying on so long. Mark, say hello to Jules in High Wycombe. Hello, Jules. Hello, Jules. What have you been listening to, Mark? What do you think about what you're saying? As far as I'm concerned, it's man's interpretation of the Bible, because if you're going to stick to the Bible religiously, then you wouldn't have anybody getting married. Why wouldn't you get anyone, have anyone you getting wouldn't, married? You wouldn't have anyone get married who preaches. Why? Because Jesus didn't marry. But, no, that isn't... What, what Paul Sorry, said. Jesus didn't go through a marriage ceremony with any I, individual. Yes, that's, that's um, true. And it is about man's interpretation. Jules, let let Mark come back on that. If you look at the Bible, uh, Paul uh, was married at one stage, we believe, and also um, it says that people may need to get married or may not need to get married, you know. So so God God calls people to marriage or not to marriage is... Is what and, and Mark, if we take the Bible literally, though, then aren't yeah. we supposed to cast women out of the city if they're on the period and not eat shellfish? Aren't they? <sighs> well, again, it, it comes down to that's Old Testament law, and it is it, it, it's, it's complicated how this works out. But you but, can pick and choose. No, no, it, it's it, it's where where did those come from, and and why were they there? Um, and those were outlawed in Jesus's death and resurrection. Okay, so it, do, it does seem a little bit, though, that you can pick well, the ones well, that you well, like, like and the ones that... Like, like, like with all things, yeah. everything comes under t- interpretation. Okay. And uh, on the final day, I could get to the, the pearly gates, yeah. and God will say either, Mark, you were right, or Mark, you were wrong. Yeah. And Can I just point out, though, that the, the head of the... Uh, the, head of the Very quickly, George, your, your phone church. line is absolutely awful, but yeah, just make your point, please. Sorry, head of the English church is the Queen, so are you saying we shouldn't have a Queen? No, I'm not. The Queen is wonderful. And but actually, she's head of the church. She's the head of the church, um, as she's head of the parliament. Now, pastorally, the head of the church is the either Archbishop of Canterbury or Archbishop of U- uh, 
York, depending on where you are, depending on your province. The Queen's the Queen's the head of the Church of England. Um, Absolutely. It's a it's a bit more technical than that. Well, but, but, but she's it's accepted as... She's, yeah, it, it well, does it's not picking and choosing. It is more technical than that. Uh, you'll have to read the Book of Common Prayer to find out the exact law. Okay, so it feels a little bit patronising you saying that, because it, it, she is perceived, she is... She, she is the head of the church, as she is the head of the country. Okay, and does that make you uncomfortable because she's a woman? No. Who do you think um, that makes the decisions in her house? Um, I don't know. It would be, I would imagine I it would be her, wouldn't it? I, I imagine it would be and her. And would, yeah. that, would that be appropriate? Uh, well, she's the Queen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, it is, I mean, that's like saying who makes the decisions in my house. Well, actually, my wife will make some decisions and I will make some decisions, you know. Um, I, I guess if it's a state matter, she would. Okay. Uh, Mark, listen, I, I wish you the very best of luck. Thank you. With, uh, with your career, and I hope it goes the, the way you want it. And um, the, the, what, in, in the first sort of term of training to become yeah. a vicar, what, what do you do? Um, well, you, you look at the Bible and you, you kind of look at ministry and uh, you look at uh, Greek. So you have to start learning how to read Greek and things like that. It's, I'm not sure. <laughs> Can I ask you, I've got one more text that we'll... we'll, we'll it's a, an email, possibly. So, George, I'm going to let you go because the line's off of it. Thank you very much for your point. Uh, this is uh, anonymous. Who wrote the Bible? Men. Not even Jesus or God wrote it. A bunch of men, a hundred, hundreds of years, wrote yeah. it after Jesus lived. If Jesus was alive now, he'd be on women's side. If he wasn't, he'd be called a chauvinist. By the way, the Queen is only the Queen because her dad, the King, had do- two daughters and no sons. If there'd been a third son younger than Princess Elizabeth, he would have been King. King, thank goodness that's about to change so it's about time the church changed too well that's from marion in hemel okay brilliant um any comeback to that the, the, the man man wrote by the man wrote uh, men, the bible and well, the, the men it, of flaws it, it depends on what what you believe how the how you the sorry how you believe the bible okay. wrote i believe it was uh it was gifted by the holy spirit through the men who wrote it okay mark listen i appreciate your calls uh, uh, and thank you for staying on and, um, and and explaining your views very kind of you thanks a thank lot. you very much well, there we go. That's Mark, who's going to be... Uh, or, or he's about to start training to become a, a priest. Three years training. It's a long time, isn't it? And he is adamant that women should not be allowed to become bishops. And we have Jules on the line, who kind of thinks it's a bit sexist, it's a bit old-fashioned, it's a bit dated. And, uh, of course, they should be allowed. Oh, wait, 459 455 555. What did you think about what Mark was saying? Do you agree with him? And if you agree with him, do give him a call. You know, do give me a call, because I, I, I'm interested to find out. I was surprised by Mark's views in 2012, if I'm honest. Um, but I, I'm certainly open to listening to them. 08459 455 555. This Sunday, the Olympic torch makes its, uh, continues its journey across the three counties. It's an early start in Bedford as it makes its way onto Cotton End and then on uh, to Letchworth Garden City. From Stevenage, it goes on to Welling Garden City in Hatfield. And after St Albans, it travels through Hemel Hempstead and on to Luton. We'll also, it's a very busy weekend, I should warn you now, we'll also be bringing you the sights and sounds from the Luton International Carnival. And every step of the way, we will be there. We are your Olympic station, BBC Three Counties Radio. This morning, on the JVS show, he's back on Monday, by the way. Looking forward to that. Um, We are asking, uh, is it time for the church to approve women bishops? I thought this would be an easy... I I, I wondered if we'd get people arguing about this. I thought everyone would phone up and go, yeah, of course they should. And I've been surprised that we've actually had a few people saying, well, to be honest, no, it doesn't make me particularly comfortable about this. I would really love to hear from you. With everything that's been happening with the, with the talk about gay marriage and, and the, the, the women bishops, if the women bishops goes through, would you leave 
the Church of England and go and find another church that is th- th- more suits your needs. I know that when women priests were first ordained, that a big group of people went, we're having none of this, and they went, and they went somewhere else. Would you do that? Would that be enough to make you leave and go and find another church? Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. We're talking. We've got about another ten minutes or so to call in on this. So now is an excellent time to call. Uh, we've got the Bishop of Bedford, Richard Atkinson. Good morning. Do, do, do I call you Bishop? Oh, hang on, you're on that one. Sorry. What? What? What do? I, how do I address you, sir? Um, you can call me Richard this morning. There you go. They're very kind. Thank you very much, Richard. What, what's your take on all of this? What's my take? Um, I'm fully supportive of women becoming bishops. Um, Twenty years ago, I was a member of General Synod when we voted for women to be priests. Since then, we have seen the immense and value contribution that women priests have brought to the church. Um, we've, I've, been a, I've been a member of Synod right up until the beginning of this year. Um, have, have put considerable prayer and attention and reflection into how to move forward. The time has come, and now we need to make it happen. Why do you think, uh, Richard, there is so much... Um, th- th- so many people are against this? Um, well, well, first of all, um, a, a very large majority of, of dioceses, um, I think it was 42 out of 44, voted for this to go forward at the local level, um, asking Synod to make it happen. However, of, there are an important and valued part of our church, which is a small minority, for whom the tradition says women can't be priests, let alone bishops. And we've worked very hard over the years to recognise that, to... Um, value uh, to uh, value them as, as partners in the Anglican Church, um, and the legislation before Synod still offers um, that message. I believe to say we can go forward with women bishops, but there is a place in our church for those who are both traditional Catholics but also conservative evangelicals. There was the, the, there's been an amendment, hasn't there, that um, means that that uh, a parish could reject a male priest if he wasn't pure. It's refined what was in the original right. uh, uh, legislation, which always talked about a male bishop being available. It's just defined it slightly more tightly to reflect the theological convictions. And that's the sticking point. Yeah. Uh, and it's, not, it's a very sort of technical debate. So just, just to clear it, for those who weren't listening at the top of the show, what, what, does, what does being pure actually mean? Um, it would mean somebody who um, is not supportive of the ordination of women, who hasn't ordained women, right. being their bishop. Um, and I think for many, it's particularly the fact that it's being put into the legislation rather than in the accompanying code of practice, mm. and therefore becomes a matter of law, at which point um, we stop trusting each other and have to define it. Mm. Uh, and and f- for many women, this is a critical moment which seems to devalue the um, contribution that women bishops can, can you make. can you understand their point of view on this about the purity? I, c- I, c- I can understand my colleagues in the church about that. Yeah. Um, it's not where I stand. I've listened, um, but they're, but they're people of integrity who bring a great deal to our church. I believe the I think on balance, I believe the original legislation was right. Indeed, I voted for it when it was in synod previously. If I was still in synod now, I think I would want to listen carefully to both sides. I'd also want to listen very carefully to what the women are saying. So I'm not quite sure exactly when it came to it how I would vote, except that I'd be very anxious. I wouldn't. I'd be very anxious that women bishops came in, came into being now. Are you worried, Bishop, that this could split the church, your church, even more? Of course, I'm concerned about those who will, if it when it goes through, will take stock of their position. I'm also 
you know, it, it isn't one, one, one way this, because if for any reason um, progress to win bishops was to fail, that would have an immense impact on many in our church, both male and female. Mm. So it's not a, it's not a one-sided <laughs> question. Mm. Um, I believe we're a church that, that has a history that is big enough for people of different perspectives that we've worked, we've always worked hard to say to, that finding ways to hold together is the way forward. Um, I believe we can do it again, and I have confidence that Synod will find their way through this. Is the Church of England struggling? Because as I said, I've, I occasionally go to church. I'm not religious. I just like it. I just think it's very comforting. I like the tradition. I like the songs. I like the stories. Uh, but when I go, I go to a gorgeous church near me, uh, there's not many people there. Well, like lots of its place things, the Church of England is a different experience, different places. My experience of coming to Bedfordshire, I mean, this is, this is week eight of being the Bishop of Bedford. Um, oh, congratulations. I'm meeting... Um, many exciting communities of faith, mm. many of which are growing with young people. I did a confirmation recently. There were people of all ages there in Woburn Sands, mm. and it was a, a wonderful expression of what the church should, should be. Um, of course, some communities, we've got issues with ageing congregations. Some places are finding it more difficult. But you're seeing a church that knows it has to engage with the community, has to serve the community, and it has to be faithful in its witness. And I think I'm seeing that. Do you not worry that um, an argument like this, um, which could potentially on Monday, well, I think the votes on Monday could could uh, explode, do you not think that this is perhaps the sort of thing that scares uh, younger people away from the church because they feel it's very old-fashioned and dated and doesn't represent them? Um, I completely understand that. I have, te- I have young adult children, and particularly a couple of daughters, who are very clear mm. of what they think. Um, I'm also clear that there are bigger issues than whether women are bishops or not. You know, the, the issues of violence and poverty and greed in our world are far more significant, and so we need to put time to that. But having said that, yep. this is an important question. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong about there being honest and open debate. It's you know, it's a significant move in the life of the church. As I say, I believe it's the right one, and we're coming to the point where that is has been debated and prayed about. And therefore, we need to see what happens. Um, and as I say, I very much hope that Synod will say the time is right now. Richard, thank you very much. Richard Atkinson is the Bishop of Bedford, and uh, he thinks that we should be. Uh, and we are having an open debate this morning, and I think it's good. We're getting a lot of uh, views and a lot of what I would consider surprising views. I should have learnt by now. Never be surprised what you lot think when you phone into something like this but it, it does still catch me every now and then uh, 08459 Brenda's in Borehamwood Brenda you, you used to be against the idea of women bishops yes. but you've changed your mind yes completely um, I don't go to church um, I'm what I call myself um, a Christian socialist um, I've never um, well the old socialist movement was Christian you see yeah. and um um, I know this silly idea that women can't take part in certain things because women are considered unclean creatures. How ridiculous. Well, but, so, so, some of you women are unclean, Brenda, let's be honest. Oh. Uh, but many are not. Yes, no, it, it seems an odd, outdated concept, doesn't it? Yes, but um, but I, I went along with the idea that women shouldn't be bishops. Yeah. But I read a book a few weeks ago. I wish I'd jotted down the author and the name of the book, but I've lent it to the lady who brings my husband's dinners so and <laughs> get it back. And it completely changed my mind. Yeah. Um, because she brought forth all the women who have been so important in the Bible itself, not in the church, yeah. not in the church. 
I mean to say the most important of all, was Christ's mother, Mary, wasn't she? Yep. And then, of course, we have our cousin Elizabeth, who was um, the mother of John the Baptist. And this book oh, was a wonderful book. It was about stained glass windows. And, and um, oh, I wish I'll, I'll have to get the name back. And if anyone reads it, they'll realize all through the beginning of the Bible, Eve herself, yeah. I mean to say, um, she bore children. And women have always borne children, haven't they? And it made me realize just how important women are to the reli- are to religion and i think that women can bring a great deal a great deal if they do become bishops i really do believe that now but uh, it's interesting uh, brenda that as a woman you were against it for such a long time well i i, I wasn't really um and as a socialist uh, i know isn't it you know um and how um the women's have let us down now. Uh, to me, it's horrifying what has happened to young women. Really horrifying. Um, when oh. I waved my banner, I didn't wave my banner for, um, uh, well, won't go into details. Oh, Brenda, listen, I've got to go because we're running out of time and I do want to squeeze venison, but I, I would love to have found out why why you're disappointed with young women these days. We haven't got time, I'm afraid. That, that, that's a phone-in for maybe Jonathan next week. Uh, final call on this is Venice in Bedford. Venice, what's your take on this? Hey, good morning, Ian. Good morning, Venice. That's <laughs> the most amazing you? name. Thank you. It's like that place um, in Europe. Well, what is it? Um, <laughs> Venice. Venice. Yes, yes. <laughs> what, what, what's your take on this? <laughs> Um, Ian, I'm so nervous, so I must calm myself down. Calm down. I, um, deep breaths, deep breaths. Marion, Marion actually made a statement. <sighs> yes. Marion made a statement to say men wrote the Bible. Now, um, she was so incensed about it, and I know that she is listening. However, yes, men wrote the Bible, but they are holy men who committed themselves to doing according to God's will. And, you know, we must not forget that, because there's always this um, statement that is that is made like this, and people move away from it, because they look at men, and they look at the Bible, and they see that it doesn't match. And so many are actually saying the Bible is not... Um, arbitrarily holy it's it's just a fictional story and we must be very careful because god is the author of the bible he has given it to us as a guide and so um you know taking it the fact that the bible is 66 books it's like an encyclopedia written by about 35 to 40 men over a period of a thousand over a thousand years it's matches from genesis to revelation everything links in and we must always honor that Ven- Venice, very quickly, we had a Mark who's training to become a priest um, earlier on on the show, and he said that men should be the, the head of the household. Ideally, Ian, yes. They should take their sole duty and run the home, not as a militant, what? but with respect. Yes, the, Lord, the, the Word of God says, yes. men, love your wife. Wife, respect your husband. But today we've got so much conflict, yeah. so much selfishness going on that we don't know what to do. We're trying to bring our but, kids But isn't, isn't marriage, um, I'm rushing just because I need to get to the travel, but isn't marriage and, and living with a partner, whether you're married or not, isn't that about respect and shared responsibilities and discussing and working through problems and making compromises and decisions together? It is so important because the children need to have a guide in which they can grow up and see that and then move on with the next generation. If we fail and we're failing, mm. Ian, you know, the, the, the men are not in the church. 
Yeah? Mm. And so because of that, somebody needs to set some kind of moral, moral stand up with the moral So do you think that what's happening everyone? today with the, the, the possibility that women might become bishops is because the, the men aren't because taking men up are the traditional male roles and they should put their, their feet down and say, enough of this woman, you will not be bishop? Men should take up their full responsibility with respect to honour the woman, to honour the family, to honour their role and do their duty that is assigned to them in the home. But, but don't let them become bishops. <laughs> well, you see, the thing is, there are times when the Lord has to call someone to stand on the post. And if it's to be a woman that has to do it, then it is a woman who has to do it. Thank you very much, Venice. There we go. What a, what a, a, a fascinating conclusion uh, to that dis- uh, discussion there. Oh, it's time now to get the latest news, I think. Or not, as the case may be. Ben will come in and sort the computer out. It's the, la- it's the last day of me filling in for Jonathan. I'm allowed to put my feet up a little bit and have a little mess around with the computer. Let's go uh, now uh, and get the latest news. Good morning, it's the JVS Show with me, Ian Lee, standing in for Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's my last day today. Jonathan is back on Monday and then I, I take him a breakfast for a few weeks. Now, after 11... I'll be looking at your consumer problems, and I'll be talking to Roger. Roger came to the show to tell us about a car he'd bought from an auction. He paid just over £9,000 for it. Within a month, the clutch plate went, and it's the car has only got 33000 on the clock. So, obviously, I took it to the dealers and uh, uh, got the repair done, and that cost me £906.26. Uh, Roger says that his repairs should be covered under the warranty, which was for 60,000 miles. The company have said that they will repay the money into his account. But has he received it yet? But first, do people write you off just because you're old? Joining me in the studio will be Frank. Frank is 87 and from Bedfordshire. He took me to task on Monday because he thought I'd said people his age shouldn't be driving. Well, he put me right, even though he didn't exactly say that. I'll be having a longer chat with Frank and asking, do people write you off just because you're old? Would love to hear your views on this. You can give me a call, and we'll be talking to Frank, and hopefully you, after this. The JVS Show. Surprising stories that you won't hear anywhere else. The JVS Show. On BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee filling in for JVS. Uh, He's back next week, so please don't worry. Now, uh, do you think you've been refused a flat because of who you are? It seems that some landlords and people who house uh, share... uh, House share, sorry, I apologise with my eyes this morning, could be breaking the law in the way they advertise for tenants. Some small ads have been seen that specify people from certain backgrounds. For example, double bedroom available, Asian only. Professional single lady or Sri Lankan professional couple. They've been seen in and around London, but we have an example closer to home i'll be hearing later on from Catherine, who has her own story about this and finding out if what these adverts are doing is legal and if you look at the equality act 2010 you'd think it might not be well i want to talk to you about this later and if you have an experience get in touch and tell me do you think you've been refused a flat because of who you are but first joining me in the studio having a cup of tea is Frank. <laughs> Frank is in his late 80s and from Bedford. Now, he spoke to me on Monday and criticised me when he thought I'd said that older people shouldn't drive. It's not quite what I said, uh, and he certainly had some interesting things to say. He's come in the studio now so we can have a longer chat. Uh, Frank, what I said was that maybe older people, some older people shouldn't be allowed to drive, and perhaps there should be a test. 
to see. Because when you get older, let's be honest, when you get older, things slow down, reactions slow down, eyesight goes a little bit. You'd agree with me on that, wouldn't you? Of course I do, yes. Okay. So maybe older people should be allowed. Well, they should be allowed, because, um, I mean, the thing is, we're still capable, but if it means that we ought to take a test by all means we will do that and we if by law we have to do it yeah i'm quite willing to do that yeah. test because that will then say show up positive yeah. whether we can or cannot drive yeah uh, but what i do dislike yes. is the discrimination we get against our age yeah. in in that respect and to balls like insurance and things like that right. to do with driving uh, well you are more of a risk but no more than a teenager. Well, that's the, you've got no. the, the, the young lads who are a bit risky, and you've got the old people who are a bit risky. Fair enough. So you should pay more insurance, car insurance, shouldn't you? We damn well do. Well, that, that, that's right, then, isn't it? No, no, it is not. It is not. No, why should we? Uh, because they, we've been through all years and years of driving, so yep. therefore yep. we should be more experienced and more careful. And we are more careful. Are Some you, of them are perhaps a bit too careful. A bit too careful. Driving down the slow, middle, middle lane of the motorway at 60 oh, miles an oh, hour. I know oh. that, yes. Uh, it annoys me just as much as anybody else. OK. Oh, wait, five. I'm keen to hear your stories on this, dear listener. If you're old or young, what are your views? Do people write you off just because you're old? Oh, eight, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. And uh, if you want to challenge Frank as well... You can take, as I found out the other day, you can take a challenge and handle it quite well. Frank, do people write you off just because you're old? Yes. It, it, how? Right. The discrimination usually starts with car hire. Yeah. Now, years ago, I came over and uh, rented a car regularly from my local garage. I was out for the third day, and suddenly a phone call from that very garage said, uh, Frank, you've got to bring the car back because... They've just found out your age. And I thought, well, damn it, man, you know. I was, I was in my... I was three weeks into using it. Yeah. And there they are telling me I'm suddenly too old. So wh- how old were you so at I that bo- point? broke the speed limit to get him back to the garage. Oh, naughty man. <laughs> how old were you at the point when they said... The, what, what was the, the cut was about uh, 75 then. Right. Mm. I've got to say, well, you're 87 now. Yeah. You're very sprightly. Thank you. You, 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 know, you don't look 87. Thank you very much. Can I make a suggestion? Give us a kiss. No. <laughs> Later. Lose, lose the ponytail. Come on, you don't need a ponytail at 87 I years do. old. I do, because my wife cannot cut my hair any longer. <laughs> oh, really? That's it? So she That's used to it. do it. She can't do it now. No. So you, you you're sure it's not covering a bald spot? No I've way. I've seen that no, effect. No, no. My sons have got bald spots, and not me. Right. How old are your sons? Uh, one is 50, and the other one is uh, 60... <laughs> 67. I always think it's funny when people say, Six, yeah, my son, 65. my son's, my son's 67. 60, 60, no, it's 66. See, your memory's 63. going, Frank. Yes, I You're am getting now. a little bit flaky well, with you your know, son's you get, ages. You get so familiar, don't you? <laughs> so you took the car back. Did you say anything to the hire car company? I, did you go, I, come on, lads? I did. Yeah. Yes. I said, well, damn it, I've been using it on and off for several years, and suddenly you're saying I'm too old. Yeah. Now, this isn't the first time it happened to me. Okay. And I went to other uh, companies' car hire. Yeah. And the same thing happened. And you'd have find them ranging from 70, too old, 75, too old. And there are one or two that will still let you have up to 90. 
That's ridiculous. But you have to find them. Yeah, ninety-year-olds. You would agree, Frank, I that a ninety-year-old should not be driving. Oh, I think you're right there. I'm not going to deny it. As a matter of fact, it may be the end of my this year that I will pack up. I don't know. Right. It depends how I feel and the price of insurance, petrol, etc. How much does uh, does, insur- does your insurance cost then? Well, they wanted eight hundred and eighty-eight. <laughs> for, your, for your car insurance? Yeah, that's what they wanted. But I thought to argue with it. Now, the only way I could get that down was to be insured by myself and third party only. Yo, the cheeky third party. Yeah. No one goes for third party anymore, do they? We've got no alternative. Well, if so that's the way the price comes down. £888? Yeah. That sounds like a made-up number. They've just thought, oh, let's, let's think of a number to scare the old boy away. Well, <laughs> if they said it in German, H-H-H, Hail Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> this, there you go. You're an old person. You can't stop talking about the war. For good, get over it, Frank. Right. It was seventy years, sixty years ago. Was it? Yeah, it was I a long f- time ago. I forgot it. It was like last week to you. <laughs> uh, give, uh, other ways you've been discriminated uh, discriminated against well, because of your age. Any uh, other insurance examples? Insurance is one. The yeah. other one, you see. Yeah. Okay, car hire. Yeah, we just we insurance. just talked about those. Uh, You're repeating yourself, man. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Where well, is some life, life insurance? Do you know I had one only recently. Yeah. Um, I was with them. I had a year's insurance with yeah, them, right? Yeah. And I went back for um, renewal, and uh, and somebody... Now, this is something else. You here see. we go. We, here we go. have to be careful here, because yes. it's something that you can learn something by. Thank you. The... Um, <laughs> I like you. I, wish you. I haven't got a granddad. Can I have you? Can I? <laughs> Costa. There you go. <laughs> See? <laughs> anyway, the thing is, when I went back for the renewal, yeah. they suddenly said, no, 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 not you. No, you're too old. Mm. Now, they never mentioned that before. And I think it was because somebody ran in the back of me when mm. I wasn't even in the car and it was in the car park yep. and the car rolled down of its own accord, so this chap said. Not to worry, he said. It'd be no trouble at all. You'll soon get covered on insurance, etc. And it was no trouble. Claim. But I learnt afterwards that there's a hub. You know what the hub is? It's when all the insurance companies contact that hub to yeah. find out what this naughty boy has been up to yeah. or whatever mm. now that was held against me i think even though it was not my fault i was not even in the car o- on a serious note when someone says to you know you can't do that you're too old you're like you too did. old well yeah i know my tongue is slightly in my cheek but I, I mean it to a bit but someone says to you frank you're too old yeah how does that make you feel annoyed very cross yeah mm. because i would say as i said to you prove it yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because, uh, uh, my tongue is a little bit in my cheek, but we don't treat, uh, we don't treat older people with the respect that perhaps they deserve. That's part of the problem. And I think that we can, as, as, uh, it's very rarely I can call myself a younger person, but as a younger person, uh, we can learn so much from you. Exactly. And we don't listen. No. Because no, you keep going on about the war. Well... <laughs> That's where we learnt something, wasn't it? Frank, listen, we, we should talk more in a second. 08459 yes, four double five five double five is the telephone number. Do people write you off just because... Do people write you off just because you're old, love? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Would love to hear your story. We'll speak to Patrick and Bishop Stortford after this. This is Ian Lee filling in for JVS, and uh, we're asking: Do people write you off just because you're old? We got Frank in the studio who took me to task the other day, and we had a, a, a nice bit of verbal sparring, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Frank's eighty-seven. Frank, I've got a youngster on the line. <laughs> it's Patrick, who's only eighty. Yes. 
Hello, Patrick. Hi there. Patrick, what? you're in Bishop Stortford's? I am, yes. Well, what's your take on all of this, please? Well, I'm in agreement with Frank. You know, I mean, yes, some people seem to age younger than what others do. But I'm 80, and uh, I drive, and I shall carry on driving until I feel as though I can't drive anymore. Will you, Patrick, will you d- d- know when you're not able to drive? Because sometimes people go on a little bit longer than perhaps they should, shouldn't, don't they? Oh, I will agree with you. I mean, I was uh, an HGB driver all my life, and uh, like I think I heard you mention to Frank, uh, you get somebody in the middle lane doing 40 or 50 mile an hour on a motorway. Yeah. I've had that happen. And you flash them and hoot them, and they, they still stick there. Mm. You know, eyes mm. to the front, cat pulled over the glasses, and you think to yourself, for God's sake, move. Yeah. Well, uh, Frank, do you, do you want to talk to Patrick about fishing and rolling tobacco? <laughs> 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 I haven't smoked for eight years. Good, good for you. Well done. Well done. Uh, the, 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 but, Patrick, what, what do you feel like? And this is a, a quite serious question. When someone says to you, you can't do that, Patrick, you're too old, how does that make you feel? Uh, annoyed. Yeah. yeah. Annoyed. Yeah, I agree. I know what I can do and what I can't do. Yes. Yeah, all right, the mind wants to do a lot, and the body realises it can't do so much. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, uh, I mean, while I've got my mental faculty, faculties... Your mental what, sorry? <laughs> 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 Your mental faculties, yes, yes. On each. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I know. It's, it's my grandmother's teeth. They're not a lot of good You're these, still so. breaking them in, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no. How have you? How have you been? How have you encountered this discrimination, then, Patrick? Well, I find it. You know, uh, with car insurance, I mean, directly mm. got on a bit. Ooh, wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Now, and I think that is discrimination. It is. Uh, the thing is that people can't see you. That's they right. They are talking to you over a telephone. Yeah. Now they think, oh, he's eighty. Or he's 82, or he's 79. Oh dear, oh boy, you can't have that. But they can't see what you are like. That's right, Patrick. You're absolutely right. You know what annoys me very much about that very point? Yeah. For yeah. the simple reason is you never have this face, do you? And you, and you never, never speak to the boss. That's right, that is correct. They're like, they're like robots. And they say, oh, this, it says here, you're too old, that's it. No discussion whatsoever. No assessment. No, no. They they just don't. They 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 take the age, and that is it. That pa- is it, Patrick. It says on my screen that apparently you call yourself a recycled teenager. Definitely. <laughs> That's two of us. <laughs> so, I mean, do, do, you, do you still? That <laughs> sounds so patronising. I was about to say, what patronising question? Do you still have a good time? I had a marvellous time. I have a lady friend who is also 80. Oh, hello And there. we both go dancing, we go out, we have <laughs> holidays. We thoroughly enjoy ourselves. We're going dancing this afternoon. What kind of stuff do you dance to? Is it like um, the, the Venga Boys? Um, um, oh, my God. Um, Tupac? No, no, you know, I mean, past the jiving stage and all that. Yeah. <laughs> sequence dancing, we do a lot of sequence. Yeah. yeah. But to know we enjoy life thoroughly, and people who know us, or they say, well, you certainly don't look 80. Patrick, thank you very much. If you want to get... This is great. Listen, before you start complaining, 
My tongue is slightly in my cheek. But, but, but uh, I do have to ask, Frank, when did you first have a banana? <laughs> a banana? Yeah. You not had one yet? <laughs> no, I had one last week. What's it going to do I'm with just, it? Just my, my grand, God rest her soul, was always going, I didn't have a banana till 1962. <laughs> ah, that's a wartime story. Yeah, yes. yes. Ah, yes. Uh, if you want to give us a call on this, uh, we're having a, it's Friday, we're having a little bit of fun. It's been, it's been quite a tough week in terms of some of the topics. We are asking, do people write... It's a bit of fun. It's also quite serious. It is quite a serious thing, because I, I, I am interested to hear about your, if you've been discriminated uh, against. We're asking, do people write you off just because you're old? You can give me a call on this, 08459 555. I remember being a kid when, like, 50-year-old men were considered old and they looked old in the 70s they'd sit there with their pipe they'd sit in the corner with their pint of bitter uh, and they would look like old men but you i say you're 87 and yeah. you know you don't look like an old man no you see this is you must remember this we've since we've been in national health as well yeah that has given us an extended life yeah and there's no doubt about it but it seems that the authorities the insurance companies and others involved uh, don't seem to realise that we are living longer, and therefore we're f- fitter longer. Yeah. So that goes with it. And it's, it's not taken into consideration. We'll talk about... Can you stick around for a little bit, Frank? Is of that okay? course. 08459 Would love to hear your take on this. Time now for Dion Warwick, Heartbreaker. Maybe speak to you after this. Dion Warwick and Heartbreaker. This is Ian Lee filling in for JVS. Got Frank in the studio. He's 87, and we're asking, do people write you off? Just because you're old. Be good to get your stories on this. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Maybe you're young, and you kind of think, "Oh, old people, seriously, what are you doing?" Give us a call. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Time now to get the latest travel news on FM, AM, and online at bbc.co.uk/slash/three-counties. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, this is Ian Lee filling in for JVS. Now, this is exciting. This Monday, the Olympic torch concludes its journey across the three counties after a very early start in Luton. Yeah, I'm going to be there for that very early start. The torch makes its way through Dunstable and on to Milton Keynes. It's then on to Bletchley, Buckingham and Winslow. After Whitchurch, the torch will make its way through Aylesbury, Stoke Mandeville and then on to Waddesdon. And we will be there, so you don't miss a thing. We are your Olympic station, BBC Three Counties Radio. Do come along and say hello on Monday. Don't touch, but uh, you can certainly wave uh, and say hello. We've got Frank in the studio. Frank is 87. Uh, We had a little bit of a Barney the other day on the show. He's come in uh, and we've made peace, I think. (laughs) Uh, and I'm asking, do people write you off just because you are old? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. You're saying an interesting thing during the break, there, Frank. That yeah. w- w- you picked up on a point that young people don't listen to old people. Yes. But did you listen to old people when you were young? No, not until I got to around about fifty. Right, there you go, you see. Oh, it, and it's, it is the the, the, the the generation that comes up always thinks, yeah, we're the first people to discover drink, right. the first people to discover drugs, the first That's people right. to discover That's sex. Right. And also, I so wished... As a, as a youngster, my, all my grandparents are gone now, and I wish that I'd, I wish that I'd listened to them. And to, and I hear that so often. Yeah, really. yeah. I wish I had. My, my biggest regret in life, I don't have many regrets, my biggest regret is yeah. I didn't make more of my grandparents when they were around. I loved them, yeah. but you take them for granted. You do. And when you're a teenager, you think, oh, they'll be around forever. Yeah. And of course they're not. And it's, yeah. it's sort of in the last few years, now that I've got kids, yeah. I'm thinking, I wish I'd spoke to my nan. Uh, <laughs> a bit more, a bit more. I wish I'd, I'd, I'd made more of a fuss of it. And what we're trying to do is make sure that my boys get to know their grandparents really well and appreciate well done, them. And well done, well done. That's good, that's good. 
Uh, on that age, I remember when I was around about the 50-odd, yeah. uh, my son was about know, 12, 14, something like that, and we went on the go-karts, oh, yes. and uh, we stood there on the fence, by the fence there, watching them, and we, we agreed that the fastest one on there was number 15, yeah. and the other one was number 11. Yeah. And this was the first time I'd come across age you know, discrimination. No, we got like. on. And we said, right, you have number 11 and I'll have number 15 and we'll have a good race. These are the carts you sit in and you have a little yeah, drive go kart. Okay. Right. So we went into the uh, paid hour entrance and uh, he said, uh, my son said, I'll have that number 15. He said, there you are. And I said, no, I'll have that one. He said, no, Pop, you'll have this one behind. <laughs> Lot slower. Pop. That was the first time I'd been called Pop and I was not happy. <laughs> Did you, did you pick him up on it? I, I did say, well, I, I was so flabbergasted that my ghastly wouldn't answer him. <laughs> Even at 50, you, you got it. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. We've got Marina uh, in Dunstable. It gives you an idea. Put your headphones on, Frank, because yeah. we've got Marina on the line. Good morning, Marina. Good morning. Uh, Good morning, Marina. Good morning. Uh, stop flirting, Frank, please. <laughs> uh, Marina, do you... Uh, I, I don't even need to know how old you are, do, but do you... I don't mind. I'm 77. Well, this is another thing about you old people. You always bring it up in the conversation. I um, don't mind. I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I'm not bothered. Who knows? You're 77. Yeah. Uh, do you experience... Ageism at all? No, not at all. Really? No. Well, you're honest. a lucky one. I'm telling yeah. the truth. I believe you. I'm not, I'm not accusing you of. No, being... no, I don't. Um, I find even the young ones say, "Let the lady buy." Oh, I said, "Thank you very much." <laughs> <laughs> Why do you do it in that voice? I do. <laughs> yeah. Your yeah. sexy voice. <laughs> <laughs> but does but you, surely you, you, I, I think maybe Frank, it's, it's slightly different for women that perhaps older women are maybe treated with a bit more respect. Well. Than older men, do you think? No, I don't think so. Oh. I think it's the way you act. Yeah. If you're quite pleasant to them, I think they do the same to you. You might get the odd one and I say, Oi, oi, watch it. They <laughs> say, Oh, I'll get her. I said, Yeah. <laughs> but no, I don't find that. No. No. Uh, they say, Let the lady in. I said, Oh, thank you very much. Marina, can I ask you a question? Yes. Do you not find. Men of your age, a little bit grumpy. Well, I haven't found any grumpy. Really? No. You, the, the, you, you don't go to the Joan and Derby, and they're all just a little bit. No, I don't go there. I you used don't. to go to different ones, but that's Derby and Joan. Down. No, oh, okay. I don't go anymore. Does what? the Derby and Joan still go? Is that is that still there's an old people's club, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so, but I don't go to that. No, Frank, you're not you're not grumpy, but would you, some of your peers? No, I want that lady's phone number first. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a missus, Frank. <laughs> oh yes, for goodness sake, she's, and she's listening. Okay, then let's let's keep on our best behaviour, please. Above the waist, yeah, above yeah. the waist. Frank, do you not find that a, 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 a lot of people your age, a lot of men your age specifically, are quite grumpy? They they do like a moan. We're British. We're entitled to moan. You think it's more of a British a, thing? Oh, it is. I mean, the uh, who, what the Aussies call us? Moaning minis or Mo- moaning whinging poms? No, whinging poms. Yeah, yeah, there you are. <laughs> now we have to live up to that. <laughs> I've, I've got to be honest. I am looking forward to being an old man. Ah. I think I'm going to make a good old man. I'm good, be, out, good for you. I'm going to be tall and slim, and I'm going to be miserable. I've got news for you. <laughs> he is tall and he's slim, yeah. and he's going to be miserable. <laughs> he's miserable now. But I'm, go- I'm looking forward to be able to, to tuck people when they put their feet up on the chairs in the bus and just wandering to the front of a queue just because I feel like it. No, no, no. He's only, only trying to tell them that they shouldn't do these things. Yeah. So, you know, it's, you've got to think of the other man. Yeah. And that's what we've got used to, thinking of the other person. We're not selfish. 
Marina, listen, thank you very much for that. We've got Janet in uh, Ashridge. Good morning, Janet. Good morning. What's, what's your, your, your view on this? Uh, do, do, have you faced uh, the discrimination just because of your age? No one's had the courage yet to discriminate. <laughs> <laughs> well said. That's a great line. <laughs> are, you, are you a fierce, fierce old bulldog then? Um, somebody the other day did call me a, di- a dogmatic bulldog, oh, certainly. Yeah. So what, what, what's, what's your view on all of this, then? I would like to put in a positive point. I think many charity shops would be unable to work without pensioner volunteers. Mm-hmm. Many charity shops where they are welcomed and they are respected for their experience and their knowledge. That's a good point. A lot of charity shops, although I've got to say that there's a few charity shops near me that have got young people in as well. But yes, it does. There does seem to be uh, a, a, a lot of elderly people working in these shops and keeping the charity shop industry going. But is that not, Janet? Does, does, are the options not limited for people of, of slightly advanced years? They, they, everyone, not everyone might want to work in a charity shop, and there's not really a lot else for them to do, is there? I think if you're self-employed, there's plenty for you to do. I decided at 65 to turn my back on my profession and start another job, which I'm continuing to do. Can I ask what that is? Yes. Um, I have a large garden and orchard, and I make preserves from the fruit and vegetables that I grow there, and I sell them at farmer's markets. Oh, and can I ask how old you are? Uh, no, I'm just telling you I'm a pensioner. <laughs> well done, well done. <laughs> what I will tell you is... Oh, I love Janet as well, yes. What I will tell you is that I wasn't allowed to continue in my profession after 65. There you are. So maybe, well, that may be a good thing, but it is going to be in uh, another 18 months' time to 68. But, of course, I think you have to say that I also said to my children that once I got to 65, I would look after my grandchildren Mm. every half term and every holiday so that they could continue in their professions. Now, that starts another thing again, and I think that keeps you young Mm. and gives you a lot of respect. Joel, this is an interesting thing you, you raise, and this is a slightly old-fashioned view that I'm kind of in line with, partly because my, my wife is half Greek, and over in, in Greece, very family-orientated. Everybody looks after the kids. You can, you can pass the kids around. A cousin, an aunt, a gran, or whatever will look after it. And I, I think it's kind of... I think it's a really good system that, that grandparents help look after the kids. I think it does keep you young. It doesn't work for everyone, yeah, yeah. but I think it can, it can keep you young, and it's, it's, it's that circle of life. Yeah. And could I say, I don't can. want to be a recycled teenager. No. Because uh, my eldest grandson recently reached 17. Yes. Insurance for his car was quoted at £2,200. The car wasn't worth that much. Wow. That's right. So to pay 700 I think mine is £788 this year, I consider a privilege. Janet, listen, thanks very much. When do you start looking after your grandkids? I look after my grandkids every half term and the whole of every holiday. Can I, how old are they? They now range in eight. They're all now teenagers. Okay, right. Uh, and I'm try- I'm, I'm going to say seventy-two. You're going to say seventy-two. Yeah. I'll say twenty-seven then. Okay. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to guess her age and she was having none of it. Janet, thank you very much. Thanks for being such a good sport. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. What kind of music do you like, Frank? 
Oh, right, like um, Monroe, Matt Monroe. Oh, Matt Monroe. Yeah. What was it? he did? What was his big one? He. Um, oh, he's so many. I know he did. He did. A, uh, he did the theme tune to um, the film with the bus, the Italian Job. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Do you like Queen? Uh, yes. Th- that's handy. Well, you mean uh, Mr. Queen. Mr. Queen. Yes. Thank you, Frank. <laughs> We've had uh, a text from Elizabeth. Hello, Ian. Just for your info, a lot of people working in charity shops are carrying out their community service. I don't know if that's... I don't know if that's necessarily true. I know some of them are, but there are lots of volunteers. Vic says, people often say to me, Vic, you look good for 80. I say, thanks. I'm only 70. (laughs) Barry says, hello, my friend's mother-in-law, whose age is in excess of 85, was recently driving on a motorway whilst knitting. A police patrol car drove alongside and the officer shouted out, pull over, pull over... No, she shouted back a pair of socks. To read, for goodness sakes. Uh, we've got Sylvia on the line. Sylvia's the last call on this. Hello, Sylvia. Hello, good morning. Good morning. What's your take on this, Sylvia? Well, I haven't really experienced um, any discrimination. I, I don't think so, anyway. <laughs> the only thing is that in Spain, from what I hear, I'm not sure about this, um, you can't hire a car if you're 70. Well, Frank has lived in Spain for years. Frank, is that true? Perfectly true, but you can. I've never had any trouble whatsoever. Nobody even asked how old I was when I get rented a car out there. No trouble at all. Oh, that, that's the only thing that um, that I've heard of, you know. But ah, you've number, heard of. You, it? it's yeah, you, age is a number. That's right. And I think if... Um, once somebody knows your age, if you're over a certain age, uh, I think that's when they start to... Um, discriminate <laughs> if they don't know your age so you're, we're all different we're all I, I think different. that is the thing on the on the phone i've got no idea how old you are but but and i think that, that when people kind of get given the numbers they go oh hang on a second exactly. hang on a second yes yes well i'm in my 70s we're all speechless at that sylvia i'm gonna let you go because there's, there's a strange feedback on the line frank listen thank you so much for coming in You've been such a good sport today. My pleasure. Have you got a passing message to any of the kids out there that are listening and digging 3CR? Yes. Listen to your granddad. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's my biggest regret. Yes, there you are. And I know I did. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> when I was young, and I, I was a hothead too, like the rest of us. We all went through that stage. And how many times have I heard our celebrities say, oh, if only I'd listened to my father, my granddad. Mm. Mm. They've often said that you've heard it on the radio many, many times, and that's what I would say to the youth today. Make room for the Goldens. Frank, it's lovely to meet you, mate. Thank you so much for coming in. My pleasure. Take care. You're doing a good job. Good. God bless you. (laughs) Now, if you were looking for a flat amongst some small ads in a shop window and saw this, double bedroom available, Asian only. Close to the station and bus stops, Filipino only. Professional single lady or Sri Lankan professional couple. What would you think if you saw those, those ads? Some experts believe adverts which specify race or other characteristics are breaking the law. And surely it would make sense that they are when you look at the Equality Act 2010. The Act aims to protect people from discrimination, harassment or victimisation on the basis of age, disability, race, sex and other protected grounds. Well, those examples I gave you were taken from real adverts that have been seen in and around London, but it seems that this issue isn't just surfacing in the capital. Catherine got in touch with the programme about something that happened to her friend. Good morning, Catherine. 
Hey, good morning. I'm fascinated by this. What what happened to your friend? Well, my friend was moving from London, and she wanted to buy a, to rent a property in Luton. Yes. And she saw this advert in the on, online, and she called up, and they said yes, they have a three bedroom house that was available. When the agent spoke with her, he said to her, "Are you working?" She said, "Yes, I'm in full time employment." And then he said, "Do you mind me asking what?" background are you racially and she said i'm african he said oh sorry we only want um asian and it's not particularly good line so she said she was african uh-huh. and he said sorry we only want asian yes. people uh-huh okay uh, but uh, I'm, I'm shocked what did she say she what did your shocked. friend say to that she was disgusted yeah she was absolutely disgusted and quite shocked and upset by it and I think these things happening in this society should not be permitted at all. It does. It does strike me as <laughs> incredible. I'm, I'm speechless that that actually. Yeah. Happened. Well, listen, we've got. Uh, by the way, if you're listening to this and this has affected you in any way, 08459 455 555. Or maybe you're a landlord and you think. Well, yeah, I should be able to specify who I want to come and live in my property. Oh eight four five nine, four double five five double five. We've got um, Richard Blanco is uh, from the National Landlords Association and an equality and diversity consultant. Richard, I don't know if you just heard Catherine's story there. If you did, what did you make of it? Yes, um, well, it basically sounds like it's unlawful to me. Um, right. You're not allowed to specify the race or ethnicity of you know desired tenant for your property under the 2010 Equality Act. And, you know, I'm as outraged as you are. Um, what landlords should be doing is, or indeed agents, is looking for a tenant on merit. So, you know, it's perfectly reasonable to do checks, get references, um, do credit checks and so on. But uh, they shouldn't be specifying the ethnicity of, of the tenant. Would you be allowed to put on an advert on a card in a shop window, uh, a room available to rent would suit professional female for example um because you're not being specific then you're kind of but you're aiming in that direction um not really no because um what the law says it covers anyone who has authority to dispose of the premises so um i think it's very clear that if you're a landlord letting a whole house or a flat Mm. that you really should be complying with the law Mm. And you shouldn't be discriminating against people um, on, on and sex or, or gender is another um, uh, characteristic that's covered. Um, it's it's a bit greyer if it comes to you know you looking for a flatmate for yourself right. or a lodger. And uh, because you well, would you would want to be able to to pick specifically who you who shares a house with you. I, I shared a house years ago, and we did a thing where we sort of everyone came round and we had a little meeting with each one, and we went well we like. Her, we don't like him, not sure about her, and, and that's how we did it. I, know, I, I guess that maybe subconsciously we made, that we were making the decision based on, on who, what kind of person we wanted to live with us. Yes, I mean, I think this is one of the reasons why this is a tricky area, because if you're interviewing them for a job, then we would expect you to have laid down criteria Mm. and be marking them against the criteria. But, of course, when you're a set of housemates in a flat, you're not going to be quite so formal. It seems to me that's a very reasonable way to pick a flatmate, to interview people. um, And, you know, hopefully people wouldn't be discriminating. But technically, the law could could be used against you if people felt that you were discriminating. 
Well, let's. We've got um, Chris uh, Alexander on the line. He's a solicitor at SA Law in St Albans. Chris, what do you make of all of this? Um, well, I can actually concur pretty much with what uh, your other contributors said. Right. I mean, the, the slight area of the grey area um, is the position of people looking for housemates. But I mean, my my view on looking at Section Thirty Three of the Equality Act is that they are also people uh, who are in control of the disposal, and therefore the obligations uh, not to discriminate uh, on any of the protected characteristics, um, so rage, ace, uh, race, uh, sexual orientation, gender, and all the rest of them, um, would apply to them as well. Um, and certainly it would be difficult to advise someone that it would be okay to discriminate there's, just there's, because they're looking for a housemate. Sorry, there's no, there's no way of... In, in that situation, there's, there's no way of proving, though, is there? Unless they specifically say, we didn't pick that guy because he was gay. There's no way of, of, of proving discrimination. No, that's true, but I think what the Equality Act um, sought to do was to reverse the burden of proof um, for those people who are making the allegation. So uh, in the old days, um, it would be up to the person making the allegation to show uh, that there was discrimination. Um, I think the purpose of the Equality Act is to reverse that burden, um, and therefore it is incumbent on the person making the decision to ensure that they have reference to their objective criteria uh, wow. to make sure they're beyond reproach. At least that would be the safest wow. way to, uh, to make a decision. It's um, so complicated. That, well, that said, that there aren't any cases um, that I'm aware of that have come before the courts relating to uh, private residential tenancies. I mean, frankly, I think people have just got too much... Uh, haven't got enough time to... Yeah. Uh, Start pursuing these sorts of claims, Catherine. What did your What did your friend say to this landlord? Did she Did she confront him at all? No, she didn't. She just came back and said, "Oh, shocked she was that this was almost overt racism." Because I would have gone ballistic if he'd said that to me. Yeah, because he did say that the house was available, but after she said that she was an African, he said no. Only Asian, he said. Chris, if, if Catherine's friend had, had come to you with with that situation, what would you would your advice be? Uh, well, I'd be making reference to the, uh, the Equality Act and saying, well, that does appear to be overt discrimination, um, and therefore uh, there may well be a claim um, that could be brought. Um, the difficulty with these sorts of claims in relation to the private rented sector is, um, is really what's the loss, um, and uh, have you really got the time and effort and the funds to devote to pursuing that sort of claim? Um, you can get injury for feelings. That's one of the things that, uh, that can be awarded. Um, uh, it's really a commercial decision whether or not you want to, uh, should we say, punish the landlord. Uh, Steve's on the line. Steve, what, what's uh, what's your story? Uh, well, just looking for flats. It's like when they put on the advert, no DSS. What's wrong with that? I mean, it's like you feel like a second-class citizen because you're on the on the dole. You know what I mean? I mean, I've got a flat now and everything else. But I'm, I'm not on the dole, but I've seen adverts. You think. I mean, how these people that are not working, how are they supposed to get a flat? Well, I guess, I, I, let me just take the landlord's position for perhaps a second. I guess the argument would be there, that if someone's on the, uh, signing on, then they are, they're going to get their money paid by housing benefit. And from when yeah. I had housing benefit years ago, it can take about three months, it can take a few months for that to come through. Richard, I, I, is that acceptable? Yes, I mean, one of the issues here, I mean, well, actually, let's be clear, first of all, a lot of landlords do take um, DSS, yes. DWP tenants, um, and in fact, a lot of landlords specialise in that market, and in fact, the rate is actually set um, in particular localities, so landlords know exactly what rent they're going to get, and for lots of landlords, that's great, and they're happy to, to work in that way. And it works very successfully. The problem that's happened is the rules changed a few years ago so that the benefit, instead of being paid directly to the landlord, got paid directly to the tenant. And I think what the government intended there was they wanted to encourage 
tenants to manage their own money and be more independent. Um, but um, what happened was a lot of tenants fell into arrears, and so a lot of landlords became quite wary of, of dealing with tenants on benefits, which I think, you know, is very unfortunate. And Chris, it, again, it, I'm assuming that would be illegal to, to specify no DSS in an advert. Well, I mean, the difficulty with that is that uh, DSS tenants uh, aren't per se... Uh, well, a protected characteristic um, ah, okay. it's not it's not race it's not age um, so it's not should we say directly discriminatory that said um, oh, there, there may there may be uh, should we say uh, personalities who are more likely to be uh, housing benefit tenants and therefore there may be uh, an indirect discrimination argument that could be considered um, but I have to say, I, w- I have direct experience of for acting for landlords who have experienced exactly the sort of problems that, that Richard just outlined um, from when the rules changed. And uh, commercially, I suppose I can have some sympathy because a lot of uh, tenants who started to get their housing benefits um, suddenly stopped paying. Um, and there was a, a, quite a lot of uh, possession proceedings that came up. As OK, listen, this is fascinating. We've only got a short time for this. But Catherine, thank you very much for getting in touch with us. Richard uh, Blanco is from the National Landlords Association and an equality and diversity consultant. Chris Alexander, a solicitor, SA Law in St Albans. And Steve, thank you very much for your phone call as well. Coming up after the news and travel, it's your consumer updates. But first, let's get this. We spoke to Hazel earlier in the week about her flights to India. And she had to pay a £25 cancellation fee, even though it wasn't her who cancelled. Will she get that money back? We'll be closer to it after this. You know you've been working somewhere too long when you're singing the jingles at home. That's what I was doing yesterday. <laughs> this is Ian Lee. It's the JBS show and between now and 12. I'll be looking at your consumer problems. And if you've got an issue that you'd like us to look at, then get in touch with the team. Give us a call now. 08459 455 555. Today we've got an update for Roger. Roger came to the show to tell us about a car he'd bought from an auction. He'd paid just over £9,000 for it. Within a month, the clutch plate went. And it's the car has only got 33000 in the clock. So, obviously, I took it to the dealers and uh, uh, got the repair done. And that cost me uh, £906.26. Roger says that this repair should be covered under the warranty, which was for 60,000 miles. The company have said that they will repay the money into his account, but he's never received it. We'll also be talking to Edith. Edith purchased a fridge freezer in 2009. She told us that a power cut in February and another one last month caused some problems. We had a surge in electric and it went off and it didn't come back on. It just loses its, its memory like. And it won't come back on until you unplug it, plug That's it back it. in and then turn the power back on. That's it. Well, Edith said that she wrote to the manufacturer she thought there must be some kind of fault. She's been told by the company that as the fridge freezer is over 12 months old, there is a charge of one. £104. If you've got a problem that you'd like us to help with, then do give us a call 08459 455 555. The JVS Show. Fighting for your rights and tackling your consumer problems. The JVS Show. BBC Three Counties Radio. But before that, let's have a little bit of dirty rock, shall we? It's free and all right now. It's free! It's all right now. This is my last hour. Of covering for Jonathan. He's back on Monday. And I'm doing breakfast for, uh, I think, a month. Don't quote me on that. I think it's a month. Starting on Monday. (laughs) 
In fact, th- this whole weekend is rather exciting for BBC Three Counties uh, because from this Friday afternoon through to the Monday morning, we're taking BBC Three Counties out on the road. We'll be broadcasting all of our programmes live from the centre of the Love Luton 2012 Festival with reporters following the Olympic torch every step of the way through the Three Counties. Come down to Wardown Park in Luton and you can challenge Justin Dealey's jukebox or help JVS celebrate the torch arriving in Luton. We are your Olympic station, BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, briefly going on, on a tangent about the Olympics. If you wanted to go and you thought, oh, tickets are a bit pricey, and some of them are a little bit pricey to get hold of. The Paralympics, go and look at the prices of the Paralympics. They're like 10 quid each. Some of the events the kids go for free, 10, 15 quid. I'm totally going to book some tickets this afternoon. I'm going to find uh, something that my little boy is interested in and take him down. Uh, he's two and a half. He won't last much longer than half an hour before he gets a bit bored and distracted. So 10, 15 quid a ticket. And if he's going free, which he might do for some of them, he has to pay for some of them. It's got to be worth it, hasn't it? I'm very excited about that, actually. Uh, Anyway, this is the Consumer Hour. Uh, We can hopefully help with some of your consumer problems. 08459 455 555. We've got a new caller on the line. Uh, George, tell us your problem, but don't mention any company names or individuals, please. Okay. Thank you, sir. Giorgio Garofalo. I run the Giorgio Hairdresser in St. Mary's Street in Bedford. Okay. Where the Olympic torch will be coming through next Sunday morning. Uh, I've been running that business for about 45 years now. Yeah. Last Monday, last week, out of the blue, I received this uh, invoice for £12,000. They say because they've got my business for sale on an exclusive basis. And, and, sorry, how much was that? £12,000? £12,000. OK. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a joke at first. So I telephoned, and this girl at the other end said, yes, because we also send you a form which you signed uh, to... I said, well, I, OK, there was a form that they sent me, but... It's not a contract, it's not an exclusive, it's nothing. It seems to me that this company uh, just phones uh, businesses around and say, we have a buyer for you, which is all untrue, and uh, on the assumption that then they can send a bill and hope that somebody will pay. Uh, so I phoned her and I explained, say, look, I never would have never agreed for you to sell my business. Because, okay, if somebody offers me, say, £12,000, I would consider it, but certainly I don't remember this company. I won't mention the name. No, please don't. So I, I, I said, are you joking? And I was beginning to get a bit upset. So I, I, I just uh, cut her off. But they kept phoning me again. And they even phoned my wife, who was ill in hospital last week. So she said, phone my husband. So I spoke to her again. And they sent me a letter now last week saying that they're giving me until the 6th of this month of July before the case goes before uh, uh, solicitors. So they're, in other words, threatening me. So my wife thinks that uh, it's a form of blackmail because, to me, they don't sound like estate agents, not serious. I know I don't owe them anything because I don't remember engaging anybody, certainly not them. But what annoys me is that they keep pestering me and I'm concerned that some other innocent, gullible business people who may not understand the, the rules and regulations of business, they may be taken in because... I said, uh, said £12,000, my business is just about worth that. Do you want to take it over? So she said, we could negotiate. I said, OK, do you want me to make an offer? I want you to say an offer that you can't refuse, but I, I <laughs> restrained myself. Uh, and now I, I want to uh, please see if you can help to okay. get this company out of circulation because many other people, I have no time to, wa- to waste with these people, but other people 
other business people who may not even speak proper English, they might get scared. So okay, George, let me just let me clarify. Yes, and, and I don't think we can get a company out of circulation, but I, we can possibly help with your situation. So, <clears throat> you've owned your, your hairdressing salon for forty-five years. Yes. Uh, you received an invoice saying from a company saying that you had authorised them to sell your hairdressing salon, and you owed them twelve thousand pounds. <laughs> you mentioned that they'd sent you a form. Yes, a form. I Do you remember what, receiving the form? Yes, yes, I, I've seen the form. What might happen, uh, they phoned me again when maybe they approached me, which I don't remember. They might have approached me and said, no, we've got a buyer probably for you. But I said, look, I'm not interested in any, paying any commission uh, unless there is something above the price I want. And only then I would consider, but uh, subject to contract. And I you told them this on the telephone? Yes. The, going yes. back to the form specifically, did you fill in the form? Did you sign it? Did you send it back? Uh, uh, my wife signed this form, I think, because I think I recognised the signature. But that, that's that's not a, a, a contract. It's, it, it doesn't just for them to be able to offer it, but not on my conditions at all. Okay. Well, but Ben, um, this sounds this sounds like a tricky one, doesn't it? It does. I, I think. Yeah, I think what we'd need to do is see this this document mm. that has been signed. See what what the, what the substance is uh, within that in terms of what um, uh, it's your wife that signed it, George. Is that right? Yes. Yes, Can I ask George why why did she sign it? Okay, because my wife is the legal owner. I run the business, but she's the legal owner. But when I said to these people th- that form is not a form of contract, and they said because you d- we're we're entitled to this money because you didn't send us the accounts within. Uh, 14 days, which we asked you. I said, first of all, I haven't had any any demand for accounts. I don't have any accounts, but on that strength of you receiving my accounts, it doesn't mean to say that I'm liable to pay you any commission. But no, if they had sold the business, I could understand, but anyway, they phoned me again yesterday, and I said, uh, I tried to be calm, because it's beginning to annoy me. Always be calm. many other problems on my hands at the moment. I don't waste time with them. I said, how can, you, how can you ask for this money? Well, they said, well, uh, it's negotiable. I said, well, how negotiable? I said, we would accept 6000 Negotiable, yes. Ben, you're tra- you were trying to come well, in and say something. I was going to say, George, were you looking to sell your, pro- your property, your business, before the, this company got in contact? Or no, did they no, get in no, contact no. and you thought, you, might, you thought about selling? I have never asked anybody to offer our business for sale. So never. You, you don't want to sell. You want to carry on cutting hair. Is that right? I want to carry on cutting hair, but if somebody is suitable and wants to uh, come and work in my salon and pay me the rent, uh, I would consider that. Okay, so, okay. So but, you, you, but, you, but you, you don't, like, we just need to get this clear, you, you don't want to sell the salon and you don't want to sell it with this company? Definitely, 100% true. Okay. I have okay. never engaged this company, I never asked them, I have never seeked them. Uh, and I am convinced that it is a scam. I'm convinced that these are rules. Okay. Well, what, what we need to do is we need to get a copy of, uh, uh, of the form that was signed and sent back to them. Do you have a copy of that? I have sent Jonathan all of the correspondence, which okay. is that form, uh, a letter me saying to them, you know, go away, and explaining also to Jonathan... Uh, which I have a copy in front of me now, if you wanted me to read it. No, no, no don't worry, that's, that, that's fine. If, if you've emailed it, and then Jonathan and the team will get to see it. It'll be interesting to see what that form is. I, I think, think so, that's yeah. where the key lies in this. I sent it by post, and I've also emailed Jonathan the, the copy of my letter. OK. You didn't feel like sending it to me? <laughs> um, sorry, I, 
wasn't up to speed. Don't you worry. I'm, I'm teasing you, George. I'm teasing you. OK, listen. Well, we, if, if that's on an email, we should have that, and the letter should arrive soon. Yeah. Uh, ben, you'll be able to look at this, and, and you can discuss with Jonathan yeah. who's going to take this on. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, tackle this case. We'll get in contact with the, the business, so, um, yeah. yeah. George? I'm, I'm, also, I'm also saying in the, in the letter, say, uh, please, can you help contact the serious fraud squad? Otherwise, well. I will. Okay, I, I think let's let's just deal let's just deal with your specific situation first. I think before we start getting the police involved or anything, okay. let Ben and Jonathan have a look at the letter and speak to the company, okay. and then they can get back in touch with you. I, I would get, hope sometime next week to discuss what your options are and whether that okay. would would involve the police or not. Okay, okay. okay George, thank you, thank you very much. It's it's something that I think. Sounds a mess, doesn't it? It does indeed, yeah. Very complicated. I'll be interested to see what that form says. If that email's in, I wouldn't mind having a little sneaky Absolutely. look at that as well. OK, thank you very much, Ben. Thank you, George. 08459 455 555 is the phone number if you've got a consumer problem. Now, Roger came to the show to tell us about the car he bought from an auction. He paid just over £9,000 for it. Within a month, the clutch plate went. And it's the car has only got 33000 on the clock. So, obviously, I took it to the dealers and uh, uh, got the repair done. And that cost me £906.26. Uh, well, I mean, I, I was told the, it'll be covered by the warranties. How long was the warranty for? The warranty was uh, for 60,000 miles. Well, the company have said that they will pay the money. Um, and we've got Roger on the line now. Good morning, Roger. Good morning, Ian. How, How, are, you doing? How are you doing today? You OK? Not too bad, not too bad, yeah. Uh, so the company said they will pay the money. Mm-hmm. Have you got the money uh, yet? Well, the money there, my wife went yesterday to the dealers and uh, uh, supposedly the, the money should be in them. Uh, it's not in the bank yet, but uh, they put the money in, in her account. Whoa, whoa, hang, whoa, hang on a second. So go, go, don't mention any companies or any well, the cars or no. anything like that. Your wife went to the dealers yesterday? Yes. Somebody rang, rang, rang us and told us to come down and uh, get and your card. What and, did they uh, say? We put the money in. So she took the card that the money was going to go on. She gave them the card. Yeah. They put it through the machine. That's right, yeah. And so they've, they've basically given you the money. It's just not showing up in your account yet. Uh, it's not, it wasn't showing last night, but uh, it might be in today. Yeah. So hang on. This is, this is pretty much almost definitely a success. It is. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> and d- I must thank you, I mean, uh, Ian, uh, you, you me. and your team. I mean, you did a it was mainly me. job here. It was, it, I'll be honest, Roger, the team were a bit slack on this one. I, I picked up the slack and I ran with it. It was, it was mainly me that was... Uh... It was. <laughs> I, I, I'll hold my hands up. It was mainly him. <laughs> Roger, I get to do this, half of this. The proposed oh, no, measure the I get to do now. that. That's <laughs> a bishop talking, for goodness sakes. It does. Who believe you get to hear a bishop talking about are... um, women bishops. There you go. Is that, is that what Jonathan normally does? Is that how he, he, he works <laughs> that... <laughs> He doesn't usually play that. Is that not the... No. I'm still getting used to the show's format. That's not the... the, Of course, uh, Roger, what you get Uh, is you get half of the fanfare. But you only get half of the fanfare. You don't get the full fanfare until next week. Can we give you a call next week just to make sure that the money Um, has gone in? Yes. But it sounds like we could be onto a winner here. We could be. I think so, yes. Skills. We've <laughs> got wicked skills. Oh, you, you look very happy with yourself. I feel... I, I, I'm very happy, yes. <laughs> I made a phone call and sent an email out. I feel like I've achieved something with my life this week. Well done. <laughs> thank you. Roger, that's fantastic news. Uh, yes, thank you, sir. We thank will you speak to much. you next week just to make sure that the money's gone through, but congratulations. Well done. Thank you. There yes, we go. Man. Superb. Superb indeed. If you've got a consumer problem. I, I had a tiny, tiny resolution, the part in the, the resolution of that. I, I, I picked up the, the last bit and, and ran with it. And, uh, but, boy, I feel good.
<clears throat> I feel good. If you've got a consumer problem, we can help. Jonathan will be back next week. I've got to be honest. I have seen Jonathan working these phone calls in the office, and he is a master. He is a master at dealing with these people. Uh, and Ben is excellent as well. They're much better than me. But Jonathan will be back next week. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you've got any consumer issues. Um, oh, this is interesting about Saturday breakfast. Ben Jones. Ben is live from the Love Luton Festival, meeting the man from Hertfordshire who took Team GB to the Olympics in LA in 19. 19- 1984. Wow, was it that long ago? I remember that. We'll hear from Levi Roots, who made his name in the Dragon's Den, and will be live at a protest against plans to expand Luton Airport. That's all with Ben Jones Saturday from uh, 6am on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, this is an interesting one. Uh, Edith purchased a fridge freezer in 2009. She told us that a power cut in February and another one last month caused her quite big problems in electric and it went off and it didn't come back on it just loses its its memory like and it won't come back on until you unplug it plug that's it back it. in and then turn the power back on that's it i contacted the manufacturers i wrote them a letter what, and of I'll, the freezer yes i just thought there must be a fault in the fridge freezer why because it just doesn't come back on jonathan does such good incredulity what of the fridge freezer i love it uh we've got edith on the line now good morning edith good edith. morning um ben you've been dealing with this one haven't you yes i have been this yeah. is this has been fascinating because uh, again i've listened to this a lot and the, the the whole fridge freezer thing resetting itself apparently and or is that not the case do you well it was very bizarre because actually the the day before edith came to us i had uh, a power cut myself the fridge freezer turned off, right. but it turned back on again when the power came on. So you know that's um, what they normally do. Mine, mine does that because otherwise you've got to reach, you've got to pull it out of the slot and, and get the plug and reset absolutely. it and everything. And that's what you were for- being forced to do, wasn't it, Edith? Uh, yes, yes, yes. The last time I wasn't here, you see. So. Absolutely, you lost all your food, and yeah. it was a nightmare. So what we've been doing is we've been speaking to the retailer, um, and in the week I've, I've spoken to the to the manager who says that they are in communication with the manufacturer and also some engineers. They have independent. Uh, engineers from an independent company that do uh, have a look at some of their appliances on their behalf. They, they, they get them in. Now, he was uh, leaning towards, hopefully, having some kind of solution for you, Edith, by the end of this week. Have you had a phone call or any communication yet? No, none at all. Oh, OK. Well, I'll tell you what, I think after the programme, I think we're going to have to put a call into, into the retailer, find out what's going on, because he was, he was very hopeful that he'd, be, uh, he'd have some, some kind of resolution by the end of this week. And obviously, Edith, uh, I mean, your, your fridge freezer is OK at the minute, isn't it? Oh, yes. Yes, it's working. It, um, it, I'm just worried in case I get another blip in the electric and then I lose it again. Because uh, it was even, it wasn't just a power cut, it was even those little surges of just... It you know, seems to be the surges that are the worst. Yeah. When the power had been turned off, which I know it had been turned off because they had a fault with electric and they did turn it off, and it came back on on its own. Okay, well, Edith, I think, like I said, we're going to put a call into the retailer uh, after the programme, find out what's going on, and try and get someone to get in, com- in, in communication with you, get someone out around there to have a look at this free freezer, because someone needs to look at it, OK? OK, well, that, that's what Ben will be doing uh, later on, but later on, I won't be. I'll be listening to Nick Coffer, who's on at 12. Hello, Nick. Good afternoon. What have you got on the show today, sir? I've enjoyed you this week, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. It's been very, You're very, very kind. Good. Um, as ever... 
Beds, Hearts and Bucks, Life, Interesting Characters. Uh, Danny Miles is with me in the first hour. He runs a, a business called Ability Gateway. He is blind. Very, very interesting life story. Mm. And he's from uh, Stevenage. John Dredge, podcast comedian. Very funny guy. I'm always worried when I say very funny guy because I'm obviously putting great pressure on him. I know John Dredge, yes. I know. I'm aware of John Dredge. Is he yes. very funny? He's very funny. Great. So no pressure there. And uh, we've got some, uh, some good shows coming up as well. We're looking at uh, Roots and Rhythms, which is happening in High Wycombe. Uh, which is a, a, a play of African music, and we've got um, we've got uh, oh something in Woven, the name of which has just escaped me, but no doubt between now and two o'clock will come will come back to me. But yeah, that's all from all from midday today. Are you enjoying the new twelve o'clock slot? Uh, yeah, it's funny though; an hour makes a big difference. I have to have my lunch at eleven o'clock. Oh, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But you'll be having breakfast at three o'clock in the morning next week. Oh, don't remind me. Don't remind me. Here's Elton John. Sorry, seems to be the hardest word. This is Ian Lee on the JVS show. It's my last half an hour filling in for Jonathan. Oh, I feel sad. I've had quite good fun this week. Uh, more of your updates after the latest travel. On FM, AM and online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ian Lee filling in for Jonathan Vernon-Smith. He's back on Monday and I take over breakfast for a month. Uh, six till nine. <laughs> Although saying that, I was I, I was up particularly. I was up at quarter past five this morning watching Mister Maker with my two and a half year old boy. He woke up and I've not really seen much of him this week because I've been doing this and he's been at nursery. And um, he was up and I said, "You want to go and watch some Mister Maker?" Yes, fantastic. Um, okay, we've got Nick on the line. Nick, uh, good morning. Hello. Tell us your story and don't mention any names or brand names or, or companies, please. Okay, um, I went into a store and uh, ordered a bed about nine weeks ago. Yep. Um, it's still not been delivered. Um, many, many attempts to get hold of them to get a refund, but uh, they're not responding at all. How much did you pay for this bed? Uh, it was £925. Okay, and you ordered it uh, nine weeks ago. Nothing yep. has arrived. Have they said anything? Well, obviously, you phoned them up to ask them where it is and what's happening. I must have phoned at least 50 to 60 times. Wow. Um, every, every time they say, uh, initially four times I tried to get it delivered. Um, each time they phoned the day before and said there was a different problem as to why it wasn't coming. What kind of reasons did they give? First of all, they said there was a delivery problem. Secondly, they said there was a quality control problem. Uh, the third time they said it was my own bed had a quality control problem. Oh. Um, it had arrived at the depot. And then last of all, they said it was a problem, but they couldn't say what it was. So, after the fourth attempt, I, I just, I wanted my money back. Now, have they given you any money back? Right, um, after the second time that it wasn't delivered, I got a £95 refund. Okay. And after the third attempt, a £90 refund, and they said they were like goodwill gestures because the service hadn't been as they expected it to be. So that's a t- they've given you £185 back already? Yes. And how much the, was the bed? 900 925 So the maths is... So they, you've, you've got some money back. <laughs> yeah, I've got a small amount back. OK. Uh, I, I, do you, what do you want out of this? How do you want this situation to be resolved? Well, I mean, for the first couple of months, all I wanted was a bed. Yeah. Um, now I realise that they just don't seem to be able to deliver the bed. I would like my money back so I can buy a bed somewhere else. OK, so you, you've lost all faith in the company. I have, I have. And, and uh, I mean, looking at the, the um, details they gave me when I made the order, it says 
if they cannot give you the bed 14 days after the last promised time, you're, you're entitled to a full refund. Have you asked the company for a refund? I've asked them on at least 20 occasions. I've picked out the, the days and times when I've spoken to them. Excellent. And what, what have they said about that? Well, they cannot deal with it. It goes to the refunds department. Um, my problem is I've never, never got a, a phone back from the refunds department. I don't actually believe they exist. Okay, well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sure they possibly do, but it, it, yes, the refunds department but, maybe is, is, is short stuff. Ben, uh, but, no, go, go, sorry, go on, Nick, what were you going to say? All right, um, every time they say that they'll either call back the next day or within three working days, uh, the first time I spoke to them was the 12th of May, to this day I've never, ever received a call back. Well, that's, that, that is one of the most frustrating things when yeah. you're dealing with companies yeah. and they say, well, well, we'll definitely call you back. And I've said this before to companies. I've said, well, I'll just wait. I'll hang on if that's all right to, to speak to the person because yeah. I don't think you'll call me back. Ben, uh, it, nine weeks is a long time to wait for a bed. It is. Um, and particularly if they keep making these new dates and then, and then failing to deliver on those new dates. Do they, do they give you a specific date and you wait in for it? I mean, when do they let you know the bed isn't coming? Uh, the day before every single time. The day before, okay. See, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't feel that's good enough, to, quite frankly. No. Um, in, in terms of how you paid, um, did you pay by credit card uh, or, or, or debit it, card? It, it was credit card. Okay, well, we're sorted then, aren't we? Well, well whoa, the, hold your horses, Lee. The, the, the credit, the, 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 the credit card helps. It helps in a situation like this because obviously I, I've mentioned it before. Jonathan's mentioned it many, many times. Credit cards offer a certain amount of protection, particularly when services aren't delivered. In mm. this case, literally, the bed has not been delivered. Mm. So therefore, I think we, we we should go to the company first. Go to the retailer. Find out what's happening. Why have these delays been happening? And, and I think we need to say. You know, Nick deserves a refund. Mm. Um, what's going to happen with that? Um, and if that fails, then we can pursue uh, another avenue through the credit through card. Through the credit cards. Yeah. Nick, is that okay if you leave it with us? Um, yeah. And I, I, I may start this, or, or maybe Jonathan will pick this up. Well, John, Jonathan will probably pick this up next week anyway. Um, and we'll speak to you very soon and see where we get. Yeah, that's brilliant. And if you could send over all the details, all the conversations, everything you've had, that would be very useful. Yeah, that's great. Nick, thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed. And it is the big thing, isn't it, Ben, that you always say, buying a credit card. I don't have a credit card. I, I must admit, neither do I. I had one a long time ago and got in a little bit of trouble with it. I thought, I don't actually need this. And so yeah. I just cut it. I cut it up. And I don't, if I can't afford it, I don't buy it. But it does give you security. The, the benefit is that it gives you security. And, and as long as you pay it off in time yep. it doesn't cost you money mm. you know uh, as long as you pay everything off it's it's a nice added bit of protection mm. um however we're going to go to the retailer first yep. see what we can get there because ultimately the retailer has a responsibility initially thank you very much oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number if you've got a consumer problem you be 40 now i can't help falling in love with you all that talk of beds i once went months without a bed Ordered a new bed, big posh new bed. The day it was coming, the day before it was coming, got rid of my bed, dismantled it, took it apart, threw it all out, slept on the mattress on the floor. Next day the bed came. It was in the loft room and it was too big. They could, the, the men couldn't get the bed up there. It got stuck on the stairs. And they're like, well, not a lot we can do with this. I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. They said, well, you, sh you should have measured it. I said, oh, yeah, of course I should. And they, the, the, the delivery men went to go, leaving the bed wedged in the stairs. I said, well, no, you, you can't go. You've got to take this with you. you. Otherwise, I can't get up there. They begrudgingly took it. 
I ordered another bed, learnt nothing from the first mistake. The bed comes four, five, six weeks later. All this time I'm sleeping on the floor. The second bed was too big to go up the stairs as well. I'm an idiot. I hadn't measured it. I thought, well, this one's smaller. It will definitely fit up the stairs. It was the same delivery man as well. And they were like, are you going to keep doing this to us? They took that bed back. The third one, I did go and get it measured, and it, it fitted. But it's, it's a lesson to you all, dear listener. If you're ordering a bed, uh, make sure you measure the really narrow stairs that lead to your loft room. Otherwise, you'll be sleeping on a mattress for about... It was nearly three months, I think. It was the most uncomfortable three months of my life. Uh, this is Ian Lee filling in for Jonathan Vernon-Smith. He's back next week. He'll be back on Monday. And um, if you've got a, a consumer problem, you can still give us a call now. 08459-455-555. Or you can email. Uh, it's helpful if you email as well. If you email, send us all of the information you've got uh, about the, the situation, all the correspondence you've had, your phone number, what the, the, the basic problem is. You can send that to jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. And that way we've got all of the information. Now, Jim told us that he'd organised to have his bathroom window replaced. It was going to cost £585, which included a £100 cost for a surveyor to visit. About two weeks later, I received a phone call from the surveyor to arrange a visit. He has suggested Wednesday the 13th of June at uh, 3 o'clock, to which I agreed. It didn't arrive. It didn't arrive at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. I wrote a letter to the company to cancel the arrangement. I then received a letter from the company saying they acknowledged my cancellation, which had passed to the office. Am I sensing they won't give you your deposit back? That's right. Uh, well, Jim's on the line. Hello, Jim. Hello there, Steve. Sorry? Hello, Ivan. Steve. Who, who sorry, is... Sorry, sorry, Ian. Who is Steve? I don't know. He must be a friend of mine. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm tempted so excited. Not, I'm tempted not to help you with this problem now, Jim. Ian, you've done it. Whoa, whoa, hey, hang on a second. What? It arrived one hour ago, the cheque. This is very, very exciting. So that they weren't going to give you back the deposit, yep. and then Jonathan pursued them and chased them, and they kind of said, OK, we will give you back the deposit. Uh, and I spoke to you yesterday, and the cheque hadn't arrived. You're telling me it's arrived this morning? It arrived at quarter past ten. Uh, can you see it now? Are you holding it? I am, yes. Can you wave it near the phone so we can all hear it? How's that? It's a cheque! <laughs> Wow. I am folding up my piece of paper with your details on, uh-huh. and I'm throwing it to the floor because I consider that story... But there is, of course, a, a, an argument, Jim, <laughs> that perhaps we should wait until you've cashed it, just in case they've sent you one of those rubber ones. That's <laughs> <laughs> always a possibility, isn't it? True. Ian, can I thank you... Yes. Uh, ...and uh, Ben and Tara and the team for all that you've done. You've been terrific. Who's been the most terrific in, in all this, Jim? Uh, you. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. Well done. <laughs> well done, you. Well, listen, I'm glad it's sorted. I, I, I'm sure it will go through, but, uh, but if, if there are any problems with the cheque, do let us know. Uh, and if you've got any further problems, Jim. I feel... I feel th- what a fitting end to the week. I've, I've managed to play the fanfare twice. This is superb. Isn't it good? For lack of a chief. I want to go out and help orphan children now, and, you know, it's... it's uh, <laughs> I won't. I'm going to go and visit my mother this afternoon. Uh, Jim, listen, I'm really glad it's, it's all been sorted. 
Richard, and uh, I'm glad you got the cheque, and uh, if there are any problems, do let us know. Thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed. I must be getting old, because I'm getting more satisfaction out of helping these people than, than I, I, I should have done. And years ago, I'd be all cynical and sniffy about this, but now I'm really enjoying it. Ben, you, you, you solve loads of these cases. You must get a, a real buzz off of doing this. There is that buzz where you go, oh, we've got a result, and, it, and you just feel very satisfied. However, when I go home, I'm less inclined to sort out my own problems, I must admit. Well, I was going to ask, because I uh, this is not my normal uh, thing, is to sort out problems. I can't do it. I either get really angry or very anxious, to the point where my, my wife just says, Ian, I'll do it, and I don't do any of this. <laughs> do, do you... Do these? Do you solve these problems at home, or is it your um, your partner? I, I I must admit, I do normally sort them out. Right. You know, things like insurance and all that sort of stuff. I'm the one who, who makes the phone calls, sits on hold, does all that sort of stuff. But um, I must admit, after after a day of a hard day of <laughs> on the phones. The last thing I want to do is call up my insurance. And he does. I'll be honest. He does this. I, I, I'm so surprised by this because you can't. You get so cynical and you think, oh, radio, it's all so false and fake. And, of course, it's not at the BBC. We're not allowed to. After the show, Ben will go out and buy a packet of crisps. Oh, well. He does. And then he goes and sits by the phone and he makes all of these phone calls and he's very polite and very, but very firm with them and he gets all these things sorted. Well, thank you. I'm very impressed. I've been impressed by your phone, man. You've been, you've been, oh, you've you've been see- coming on. You've been seeing me be so anxious about it. It's, it's, it's not my default setting to phone up people and complain plane and uh, but i've been doing it it's been very good <laughs> thank you very very much i've got to type up all my notes for jonathan jonathan has been insistent that i keep him up to date with all of your cases so if one of your cases has got the fanfare this week don't worry jonathan will know i have to type up all the information all the details and i'm sending him an email a couple of hours after the show today so that he knows exactly what's been going on and who's had a thumbs up who hasn't had a thumbs up now where are we with this hazel was looking to meet some friends in India in December of this year, so she booked up with an online agent for over £700. After booking for two weeks, I was then informed by the, the company that the airline would no longer be operating and, oh. we, and we, we would have to apply for a refund. I got all my money back apart from £25, which they say is a cancellation fee, but I haven't cancelled. My friends that I was going with, they have got all their money back and I haven't. Now, this has been going back and forth, back and forth, and I thought that when Hazel came on earlier this week, I thought that we kind of reached the end of it and we had a conclusion and it wasn't a very happy one. Hazel's on the line. Good morning, Hazel. Hello, how are you? I'm, I'm OK. This c- case is intriguing. So, basically, they cancelled the flights to India mm-hmm. and they charged you a £25 cancellation fee. That's correct. And your whole argument was, well, hang on a minute, I didn't cancel it. Why should I have to pay the fee? Correct. Sent all this on to uh, to Gillian um, from ABTA, who looked at it, and she said, well, you know what, it kind of looks like they were in the right. The, 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 the online conditions are a little bit fluffy, but it looks like they're in the right. Send me the contract just so I can make sure this is the case. You sent the contract to us. We forwarded it on to her. This is her response, OK? This is, she passed this on to her legal team, and this is her response. Hello, Ian. It, it's quite long. Are you sitting down? Okay, good. It's it's quite a long response, and I want to give you all of this because I think it's interesting. Uh, Ian, I've had our lawyers look over this, and the way in which the T's and C's are written do not entitle the company to charge an admin fee where the amendment takes place other than a result of the customer requesting. Now, this is the, the specific bit in the terms and conditions that she's referring to. In the event that you, 
Hazel, make any alteration to your booking. The company reserves the right to charge you an administration fee of £25 per person to cover the administration costs incurred by the company. Uh, and then uh, the, the email from APTA goes on to say, you'll see that there is a section under terms and conditions relating exclusively to flight and hotel packages. Now, did you book the, the, the hotel through this company? No. It was just the flight? Just the flight. Okay. Um, so basically, what they're saying... Hazel is that if you had cancelled this, then yes, you would have to pay a £25 fee. But as they cancelled it, you don't have to pay the £25 fee according to their terms and conditions. So it looks like it's back. The, the, the chase is back on again, Hazel. I don't believe it. The chase is back on again. You are entitled to this £25. Now, the problem is this company is not an ABTA member, okay? Otherwise, she says that ABTA would steam in and would be able to pursue this. So, what's going to happen is, we have to go back, and I will um, try and give them a call today, and if I can't get through to them, I will forward this on to Jonathan. Uh, But we are going to have to chase up this £25 again, because their whole argument has been that their terms and conditions, their T's and C's, um, state that if the flight is cancelled for whatever reason, you have to pay but it, it doesn't say that. It says that if you cancel, if you, the consumer, cancel, then you have to pay the £25. So, Hazel, there is a chance you'll get this money back. There that is would a, be a real result. Wouldn't it be good? Oh, it's, it's like, well, like a dog with a bone with this. The problem is that they're not with ABTA. So, if they kind of keep refusing us the money, there's very little we can do. Mm. really because we can't go to abta um uh, and ask them to help us because if they were abta registered then abta would steam him uh, with their legal team and would fight the case for us and you know you would get the money back you are entitled to the money back so we're going to give them another call and see what happens okay can i just add to, to what you said there um i actually sent my tickets over to you as well and i'm sure that that has got abta at the bottom of it so does that mean that they're sort of falsifying uh you, you sent the tickets over to us did you yeah I, I, with, with the terms and conditions i also sent my my bookings form okay uh, and it's got a few people at the bottom, and I'm sure Apta was one of them. I, well, I, I didn't spot that, to be honest. I didn't study it in great detail, but I will have a little look at that, because I've got the email that you, you sent over. So I will have a little look oh. at that uh, and see what we can find. Um, but th- this one goes on, Hazel. The fight continues, OK? And if, if yes, if they have got Apta on there, I, w- I will have to have a word with, with our friends at Apta and see what they say about that and whether that's breaking some kind mm. of code or something. Hazel, listen, thank you for your patience. No doubt thank you'll be you. speaking to uh, Jonathan next week about this as, as, as this case continues. OK, brilliant. Hazel, thank, thank you very much. Here's Will Young, and come on. I've just checked Hazel's uh, documentation. It doesn't have an Apta logo on, so that's, that's a dead end. But we will still give the company a call a little bit later on. Now... Uh, this Saturday morning, uh, from Justin Dealey, oh, he'll be bringing you Schools Out Live from this, the Love Luton 2012 Festival. He'll be speaking to Boy George, who's always fun to talk to. Uh, George will be discussing his memories of performing on Top of the Pops and picking two of his favourite songs from his teens, plus the UK and US charts from this weekend in 1967. And more chances for you to beat the jukebox, which contains one million songs. Schools Out from 9am this Saturday, live from the Love Luton 2012 Festival on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now... 
Richard's partner bought him a digital camera last year for just under £100. He says he only uses it on rare occasions, but the mechanical lens is broken. Richard's been in contact with both the retailer and the manufacturer. Basically, you know, just being pushed around in circles over it. Um, the main point is, obviously, the retailer eventually has said that they flatly refused to do anything about it, that, that I've got to pay for it because it is out of the three-month warranty. So let me get this right. The lens, the bit... With these little digital cameras, when you turn it on, the lens kind of comes out, doesn't it? That's correct, yeah. And it it, it wouldn't come out anymore? Well, it's out, but it won't go back in. We've we've all been there. Uh, Richard's on the line. Hello, Richard. Hello. Uh, Ben, you've been dealing with this one. Yes, we have been. We've been speaking with the retailer in this case. And you know, on this programme, we we work hard, we work fast. We do what? We work hard and we work fast. Yes, we do, sir. Yes, that's the line, isn't it? Yes. um, (laughs) And in the last few minutes, I believe, Richard, you have had a message from the retailer, is that right? Yeah, basically I had a, um, a missed call um, and an asked phone message to ring back the uh, director's office okay. at the retailer and um, basically they've, they've, you know, they've apologised for um, the confusion and the way that I was spoken to initially um, and given the wrong information and I've got to send the camera back to the director's office and basically they're going to give me a complete refund. Fantastic. Hey, hang on a second. Uh, th- that's the, first of all, that's a cracking start, the apology for the way you were spoken to. That's always nice to get. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and they're going to give you the refund? Correct, yeah. Well, this is super... And that happened just this morning? Well, about ten minutes ago. Hey, look at that. There we go. Live as it happens. Win the week off. Say that again, sorry. Good way to win the week off. It's not bad, is it? Brilliant. Does, it, no, that, does that deserve a full horn, do you think, I Ben? I think it's half the horn. How are you sending it back? Are you? Uh, are they going to send some kind of package that you can send it back um, in? No, I'm going to send it back. I mean, you know, they've gone their way to do their bit. Um, I'll just send it recorded delivery and, you know, I'll bear the cost of that. But at the end of the day, you know, is the... It was the refund or the replacement that I was looking for. Well, I, I don't think you should be. You should have to incur the cost of, of sending it back. You know, this is a, a, a manufacturing fault by the sounds of things. And if the company are, I, I think we need to check into that. How it's going to get sent back? Because I don't think you should incur. The I cost would. Of that. Yes, I would. Um, would have thought that they would have been more than happy to yeah. cover the cost of, of, of you sending. It, it may back. be that those costs get in, get incorporated in, into the refund that, that we've heard them. But I think we'll just coordinate with the company, check what's going on. But I think half the horn, and when he gets his money back, we'll we'll play the rest of it. Okay. <laughs> That's all you're getting. That's all you're getting for the moment. We'll speak to you next week, uh, Richard, and we will find out how things go. Thank you very much for that. Well, that's it. Uh, that's me filling in for JVS, who has, uh, will be back uh, on Monday's uh, show. He'll be back forever. Jonathan will be back after a week selling himself in Frigliana, and he'll be following the Olympic torch as it makes its way through the three counties. When he comes back, when he comes back, do say nice things about me, for goodness sakes. You know, he doesn't need to know the truth. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for helping me, for uh, Tara and Ben and Danny, for, for guiding me through this. Tentatively, as we got there. I'm doing breakfast next week. I start breakfast for about a month, I think, so do try and listen. Uh, coming up next, it's Nick Coffer after the latest travel news. Thank you, everyone, for being so nice to me this week. I have really enjoyed it. Jonathan will be back on Monday, and I'm sure he'll be looking forward to speaking to you. Nick Coffer coming up next. Ta-ta. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.